0: You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Our in
1: emotion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No, there is another.
0: Hey there, Star Wars fans, you're listening to episode 47 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and updates and rumors and speculation on Star Wars Episode 7, as well as Star Wars Rebels and all the other new and exciting future upcoming Star Wars projects in the Star Wars universe, um, spin-off movies, video games, all that good kind of stuff. Uh, we've got lots to talk about today. I'm your host, Kyle, and as always, I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim?
1: Hey, Kyle, doing good. Boy, man, a lot of great stuff since our last episode that we got to talk about, especially Episode 7, big stuff there. But I have to say, nothing probably none bigger than the fact that since our last episode, you and me finally got to meet face-to-face and talk Star Wars in person, which was great. So I would say a historic moment for our podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun um and it was you know of course it's one of those moments where you finally get to to put a face to the voice and it's not like I don't know what you look like cuz I've seen your pictures on facebook and stuff and we've talked on uh you know live skype calls and google chats and stuff like that but still cool to actually be able to sit down and talk face to face uh you know we met out in anaheim a couple weeks ago when i was out there for work so that was a lot of fun um But also because of work and traveling and stuff, I didn't have time to record a new episode for a while. And, of course, it was one of those things where now that we're finally sitting down to record again, it's like, man, I did not realize there have been this many stories since the last time we recorded. So it should be a good one. We've got lots of stuff to cover.
1: We should have brought a recorder to the
0: restaurant we ate at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. We we could have recorded Star Wars discussions and uh, our waiter, at the Bubba Gump Shrimp Co., uh, quizzing us on Forrest Gump trivia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have heard how we did on Forrest Gump trivia. Our knowledge was actually pretty good, I would say. <laughs> Your
0: knowledge and my guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know there was like one or two questions that I completely guessed on and got the right answer. And I was like, I'm just going to play it cool and act like I knew that. <laughs>
1: And what do we win? Nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah. When you said that, I was like, wait, we won something? What did yeah. <laughs> we win? <laughs> nope, nothing.
1: Yeah, hopefully if they ever do a – well, we know it's coming. The eventual Star Wars restaurant, whether it's at a Disney theme park or it becomes a chain, if they have Star Wars trivia, hopefully they'll have good prizes there.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Or even if there are restaurants in the Anaheim area that have um, you know, Star Wars trivia during celebration when we're out there. Because, of course, I was thinking we were going to meet for the first time at Celebration Anaheim next year and you know, we got to meet before that. But that doesn't mean that Celebration Anaheim is going to be less awesome and, uh, of course, we're both still going to be out there and that's going to be an awesome time. And even where we went to meet up for dinner that time was like right by the Anaheim Convention yeah. Center. And so just driving over there, I was like, man, I can't wait till the next time I'm back here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be, as you're driving by, we see people full of Star Wars costumes walking the streets. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Storm Stormtrooper squads on patrol, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's no, going to be great. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, let's get into all the rumors and news and stuff we've got to talk about this week. I'll just throw this out here now. This is going to be one of our more spoiler-ish episodes, potentially spoiler-ish episodes because <laughs> obviously a lot of this stuff isn't completely confirmed yet. But we've got some leaked concept art that we're going to cover Um, Also, there was a big rumor last week that I was kind of trying to stay away from, and, uh, you know, we didn't talk about that on our last episode, but now I'm going to kind of just go ahead and dive into it now that I've read that rumor and I know what it is. And I'm basically just calling bogus on it right now. So, um, you know, I I don't really buy into that one, but we are going to talk about that. So if you're someone who wants to know some stuff about episode seven but doesn't want to be too spoiled i mean we're not going to get anything to get into anything too spoilers here because again this is all just rumor and speculation aside from some of the concept art but the concept art doesn't show like anybody dying or anything like that so no big spoilers here but um we are going to sort of go into a lot of information and speculation on uh, what we think is out there so far so just be warned on that um but yeah first off i mean tim let's just talk about the the big news of of the month, maybe even the biggest thing that we've seen so far since Episode 7 started filming, um, was just this huge leak of concept art that hit the net, and uh, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how many, but 20, 25, 30, something like that, concept art images from Episode 7 got leaked online, and um, I mean, lots of stuff to to talk about in here. Um, We've got some images of, and, and a lot of this stuff is... Um, things that we had heard described in previous articles of uh, you know from MakingStarWars.net and things like that, where they're like, oh well, we've seen this piece of concept art, so here's a description of it. But um, you know, so a lot of this stuff is, is things that we've heard described before that we're now getting to see for the first time, and some of it's completely new. Um, but I mean, we've got pictures of the the thing we'd heard about with the downed ATAT on Tatooine, where Daisy Ridley's character supposedly is. Hiding out or sheltered or living or whatever, um, we've got pictures with the characters in a lightsaber, and uh, you know the the main character or supposedly Daisy Ridley's character, who looks like she might be the main character just from some of these concept art images. Um, we've got her holding a lightsaber and fighting the, the villain, this um, you know the Inquisitor or whatever you want to call it, um, and we've got some of the pictures we'd seen before of like this villain holding Darth Vader's helmet. We've got pictures of new locations. We've got concept art of um, the, the set of those X-wing hangars that we saw uh, the, the aerial pictures from the filming. Um, we've got some concept art of that. We've got new concept art of the millennium Falcon of crash tie fighters and new Stormtrooper armor and Chewbacca with a mechanical arm and Daisy Ridley's Uh, Costume and just all kinds of stuff. So I mean, I don't even really know where to begin here. But uh, I mean, Tim, any sort of general thoughts here? You want to start out with, or let me ask you this: Like, was was there anything in particular among this concept art, like maybe one or two images that really stuck out to you? um, That you know, or maybe your favorites, or things that you thought were sort of the most uh, intriguing or discussion-worthy?
1: Oh yeah, man! (laughs) I'll just say when these came out, I was like in shock. I was blown away about what I was seeing and I was just super excited and just to be looking at this episode 7 concept art images it was I think that night and probably since we've heard the first episode 7 was announced and the little stuff we've been getting this is probably the most I've been excited to see the movie since we got that announcement and I've been pretty darn excited for it before so I'm on a whole nother level about it because these images just look so freaking awesome. Man. <laughs> and I got to say, too, like you mentioned, uh, we've seen or read a lot of these, the description for these concept art images from making Star And I got to give them props because uh, the, the, the descriptions were pretty dead on and accurate <laughs> when I was looking at this. So they did a good job of describing it. And it was kind of like maybe... I compared it to like reading a novel or something and you don't have any images for it yet. But then later on you see what like these characters look like or these locations look like. So it was kinda like that. You read these descriptions and then seeing the actual images of what they were describing, they just blew me away, man. And I gotta say the one that stuck out to me the most and that still sticks out to me the most is my favorite was probably the first one that I saw when these came out, which is the down AT which is supposed to be Daisy Ridley's living quarters or for We'll see how long she stays there, but I just something about that image with seeing that down at at just it blew me away. I think it just looks so cool. I remember reading the descriptions for it, I just couldn't wait to see it because just the idea of that having an at -AT be someone's home was just like such a good idea. Like, how come no one like thought of this before or something like that? But then seeing it, man. This looks so cool, and I can't wait to see the actual image of this in like the trailer or when we see the movie. I don't know if this will be something they'll show in the trailer or if they're just waiting to see it in the movie. But I just can't wait to it. There's something about that ATAT being used as home just sticks out to me out of all the rest. Just and just the quality of those concept art images because I was expecting you know like typical uh, just hand drawn artist renditions of it. But these look like ones that were done on a computer, and it's look very detailed. But sometimes you could even like mistake it for like an actual image from the movie, maybe. But um, there have been said that they're concept art images, but they just look really good. So there's other ones that I think really cool. But if I had to pick one that just stood out to me and continues to stick out to me as one that just looks the coolest, is the AT-AT ones. I can't pick which because there's three different ones that show the AT-AT as a, living in a home. I don't know which one's my favorite. They just all look really cool, but just. Those three images focusing on that are the ones I just can't get enough of. I will say that ever since these came out, which was about a week ago, a day hasn't gone by where I've not looked at it at least once. (laughs) Like my day's (laughs) not complete until I see one of these images that just blew me away.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I looked at these a whole bunch when they first came out. Can't say I've looked at them every day since because even though I've seen them now, um, I think there's, you know, there's part of me that's like, okay, I've seen them, now let's just wait till the movie to see more, or you know, for trailers or posters or whatever but, um, I mean, I'm I guess I'm kind of afraid that if I look at these like every day, that by the time the movie comes out, it won't really be a surprise anymore but, um, yeah, I mean, still just so much cool stuff to to look over and obviously I mean, when I saw these when they first came out, I was super excited too, and I had to, I would have to say if I had to pick a favorite one, it would Probably have to be the one with um, Daisy Ridley's character with the lightsaber and the Inquisitor in the background. And it looks like there's another That's character cool. at the feet of – and I keep calling him the Inquisitor, but I don't know. The, the villain, the cyborg, whatever you want to call him. Um, in fact, in this image, he almost looks more like Darth Malgus from uh, The Old Republic. And if you've seen you know that cinematic trailer from that game, he's that bald-headed Sith Lord with just sort of the, the mask yeah, over that. the lower part of his face. Um, and I mean, I'm not expecting that he's going to be the main villain in this movie or anything. I'm just saying, in this particular concept art image, mean, he looks kind of similar to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just this one was the first one that stuck out to me as, like, whoa, that really looks like classic Star Wars and just sort of the pose of the female character and she's got the lightsaber, which looks like, um, definitely looks like Luke slash Anakin's, you know, blue lightsaber. So if these rumors are true that we've heard about, um you know, the characters finding Luke's old lightsaber, it seems like it is going to be the blue one and not the green one. Um, or, you know, at least, I don't know if it's still going to be the hand floating in space or whatever, but somehow I think they're going to come into possession of that old lightsaber.
1: Yeah. I actually um, find that pretty interesting because like you said, we've talked about that rumor before that it's Luke's lightsaber and I always thought it was gonna be his one that he used for Return of the Jedi, the green one. But with these concept art images, you you would think if that lightsaber is gonna play such a central, like key role in the plot that they knew right away which lightsaber it would be. If it was gonna be Luke's from Return of the Jedi, they'd be drawing that instead of the blue one that we see in these images. So that's just another thing that just got me speculating more. What if it is actually Anakin slash Luke's lightsaber that got lost on Bespin? I mean, I mean, I'm not going to complain about a blue lightsaber being present because <laughs> blue's my favorite one, but I was just expecting it for it to be Luke's green one from Return of the Jedi. But yeah, just more stuff to think about if that plot rumor plays out where that actually is Luke's uh, slash Anakin's lightsaber that she has. Yeah,
0: well, from the concept art, it looks pretty spot on. I mean, yeah. it, you can't really see a, a real close-up, in-depth look at the, the saber hilt, but I mean, from what you can see, it looks like it's pretty close, if not the exact same design. Um,
1: I also think from a story point, too, it would be pretty cool because Anakin had that lightsaber, it got passed on to Luke, and then if Daisy Ridley's character is going to be the main new hero for this new trilogy, it would make sense for her to have in possession of that lightsaber, too, for at some point.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. But, I mean, yeah, just seeing this image for the first time, it really just, uh, I mean, like I said, that was the first one that made me go, wow, that just looks like classic star wars and there's a clear cut hero and villain and it's you know that balance between the light side and the dark side and they've got lightsabers and they're on this snowy planet which i at first thought was hoff um when i first saw this image for the first time but now i'm looking at it again right now and you can definitely tell there are trees in the background so it's probably on that same planet as the concept art that we talked about last time where there's a battle going on in the millennium falcon is um, you know, flying over in the background and it looked like they were on a mountainside or something and there was a lot of snow and trees and stuff like that. Um, and I keep thinking this looks like Alderon, but we know Alderon's destroyed. <laughs> so I want to know, you know, what other planet this is. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a really cool one. And then, I mean, just some of the other ones I thought were worth noting. I mean, there's a picture of this cyborg villain. Um, holding darth vader's helmet in fact in the uh like the links uh for all of these um concept art images they didn't really have any descriptions on them but i mean they they each had specific names like in the files um and they kept referring to this villain with the cyborg face and the cybernetic hand and everything as the grave robber um and i don't know if that's something that comes from the script or if that was just Something that uh, you know whoever posted these images made up because he's holding Darth Vader's helmet and they think, oh well he you know, robbed Vader's grave or whatever um, but yeah I mean we still don't really know much about this villain at all um, but there's a picture of him holding Vader's helmet and for some reason the just the lighting and the way he's holding the helmet and the way he's wearing this black cloak and looking at Vader's helmet for a moment made me think you know what if that is Palpatine? And, you know, I know we've talked this to death and talked about how we don't want him to come back, but for a second, I mean, just seeing this image, it was almost like I was a little bit more okay with it if they did do it. I mean, I still would like to see them bring in a new villain, but I was like, well, you know, if it had to do something with Darth Plagueis and his search for eternal life and all that kind of stuff, and somehow Palpatine found a way to bring himself back to life, but as, you know, more machine than man, just like Vader was, and like, eh, maybe, I don't know. Um... And then, I mean, there's uh, there was also one shot that I really liked, and it's this picture of the Millennium Falcon, and it's like on a landing pad outside this big castle or fortress-looking thing. Um, and it seems pretty obvious that this would be what they're shooting on that Skelling Michael Island out in Ireland, because yeah. you can definitely tell there's water in the background, and there's sort of these big grassy mountains on either side, so this definitely looks like an island location. Um, and probably, you know, something that, uh, they would be putting in with CGI or they might be filming the, the actual castle location indoors, um, on that, you know, on the set on, uh, you know, Pinewood studios. But, um, I mean, this is probably out of all the the different locations that we see in this concept art, this was definitely the most intriguing new location for me. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to see what's going on there when they go to that place in the movie. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, we've just got, we've got vehicles, we've got some new different concepts of this, uh, you know, the junk hauler ship that Daisy Ridley has and keeps inside her, um, you know, the downed AT-AT. Like I said, we've got the that uh, piece that we had talked about earlier with the crash tie fighter that supposedly is going to be, you know, how John Boyega gets to Tatooine at the beginning of the movie. We see that crash tie fighter. We see another one that I think is really cool of um you know a couple of tie fighters sort of mounted up on a wall of like a hangar and then you see a bunch of stormtroopers standing around right yes. in front of it <laughs> and it's the first time that we've seen um the the full armor of these stormtroopers and not just the helmet which is interesting cuz you can't really see the front of the helmets in this image but from the back they look exactly like the original trilogy stormtroopers but the armor definitely looks it looks shinier and kind of sleeker but at the same time um, almost heavier, I guess if you, the, the best way I could describe it is if you've played the, the video game Republic Commando or, you know, seen the Republic Commandos at all, sort of picture the difference between a regular clone trooper armor and the Republic Commando's armor, just how it's sort of heavier and bulkier. Um, that's sort of what these Stormtroopers remind me of. And I love it because it looks really cool and it looks like this armor could actually take a hit. Um, <laughs> you know, cause you know, like all these guys in Star, in Star Wars wear armor, but it looks like it's kind of made out of plastic and they take one hit with a laser blast and die anyways. And it's like, well, you know, what's the point of wearing armor if it's not really going to protect you? Like you guys might as well be running around in t-shirts. It would be more comfortable cause you're going to die anyways, but this armor looks like it would actually do what it's designed to do. So I thought that one was pretty cool too.
1: Yeah, I just love their, how that shot played out. I can see the TIE fighter there, and you see the Stormtroopers lined up, and like you said, the, the armor, I'm really liking too, I mean, just like the side of their arms, like, there's a lot more padding on it, like I said, looks more heavy duty, and they all have, like, the shoulder pad that kind of the Sandtroopers had in A New Hope, except they're not orange, they all look white, so, yeah, I remember I've been saying when we saw those Stormtrooper helmet images that I can't wait to see the full, like, Body armors of the stormtroopers, what their new costume is going to look like in full, and this is like one step closer to seeing that because now I get an idea, the picture of what the actual armor is going to be. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, their shoulder padding looks cool. Just like I said, heavy duty. I can't wait to see it in action. <laughs> like I said, hopefully they'll be able to take a hit, and with their new helmets, hopefully they'll be able to aim better too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, want I mean, to- I should
0: point out they're th- at least the ones closer to. I guess you could say closer to the camera. Um, I'm doing quotation marks with my fingers because obviously it's a painted concept art image. But you know the ones that you get a, a more close-up view of in this image have their backs facing you. So you can't see the front of the armor still, but um does give you a better picture of it. Also, I mean, just to point out, all this stuff is concept art, which means a lot of it will be used in the movie. A lot of it will look exactly the same in the movie as it does here. But some of it might look a little bit different, and some of this stuff might not get used at all. Um Especially, I mean, how many times have we seen stuff on the Clone Wars that was based off of unused Ralph Macquarie concepts for the original Star Wars movies? Um, so don't expect all of this to be 100% accurate when Episode Seven comes out. Um, but at the same time, I'm not trying to be like, oh, well, you never know. This stuff might not be true because they could still change it all when the movie comes out. Like, when you get this many concept art images, I'm fairly certain that... At least some of these and probably most of these are pretty close to what we're going to see in the finished movie, but maybe not all of it and it might not be exactly, you know, looking like how it is here. But, um, you know, that'll be interesting too to see like if some of this stuff doesn't get used, if we'll see it down the road in Rebels or in a spin off movie or who knows, maybe we'll see it in another 20 or 30 years in, you know, whatever <laughs> Star Wars cartoons our kids are watching.
1: Yeah, safe to say anything that doesn't get used, it's still not, doesn't mean we're never going to see it (laughs) as we've come to expect before. But speaking on this topic of stormtroopers, that other image we got of the chrome trooper, man, this, I can't wait (laughs) to see this trooper in action in the movie. It just looks so cool. The seeing the stormtrooper armor with a cape, I I was talking about this before, those other concept images. We saw the one with the hood. This one doesn't have a hood on it, but with the cape, I just think it looks so cool. And then also, he has a lightsaber. On its hilt, <laughs> which again just makes the armor stand out even more. A, a stormtrooper with a cape. And a lightsaber, oh, I can't wait to see that lightsaber ignite, and see this trooper go out of battle, and it's going to look so cool, and every image I see of this chrome trooper just looks more awesome, But <laughs> I just hope, I think this one, because we've seen a few different concept art images of the chrome trooper, and so there's certain, like, different tweaks, I would say, to the helmet, but for the most part, it's still looking really cool, it was such a unique different design that I just, uh, like I said, can't wait for, and then to go along with that, it looks there's other concept art images of, it looks like it's lightsaber, where it's made out of the Wampa Claw, which we were talking about before, and that looks really cool, too. I was thinking that maybe it was just, like, the handle was just going to be of a Wampa Claw, and they put the uh, crystal in there, and that's what it was going to be. But it's actually, like, almost like a fusion of the two, of, like, a regular lightsaber handle mixed with a Wampa Claw, and it looks really cool. And if I'm pretty sure this is the one that I think the Chrome Trooper is going to use, like the description said previously, so... Man, just everything about this Crone Trooper just sounds so awesome. And again, if it's just one character that's going to be the Crone Trooper, or if there's going to be several of them, maybe there'll be several of them, but only like the commander is able to use the lightsaber. I don't know. But man, this looks like going to be one of the standouts for Episode 7 for me. Every time I see something of this Crone Trooper, this looks so cool. And I just <laughs> I hope it's going to be something where it's like, is it for one scene or a few shots? If that's not it. But I know it's not, might not have a significant role, but Enough to where it's just going to – where we get to see plenty of that helmet that cost and do some cool stuff because, boy, it's every, it's just sticking out to me as one of the coolest of so this movie that we've seen so far. But another image that really stuck out, stood out to me um, was one where it's, it looks like it's going to be Daisy Ridley's character entering, like, the throne room of this villain. You see the villain sitting on a throne. It has a hood on. You can't really see its face, but I kind of assume it's the same one we've seen holding Darth Vader's helmet. But there's just something about the lighting and the coloring of this image that really sticks out to me. You got Daisy Ridley entering in this throne room and this like there's shades of blue there, like this blue light coming in from the entrance. But then where the villain is, it's all red and, and dark. It just seems like symbolizing that you got the light side entering in then face coming to confront the dark side. There's something about that that just looks so cool. And just just in this image, we don't know the context of this and we don't know what the scene's going to be about, but just in this one concept art image, you just just see almost like the battle of good and evil a little bit, like coming face to face with each other in this sequence. So that's another image that really stood out to me that looks really cool. But we'll see how that scene plays out. But just visually, it just kind of... struck me as something really unique in this batch of stuff that came out. So I put that one up there as one of my favorites too. And kind of backtracking a little bit, Kyle, to the, uh, the villain holding Darth Vader's helmet, there was two of them. There was one where it looks like he's in like the bridge of a Star Destroyer or some Imperial ship holding Darth Vader's helmet. then there's the other one that's just like really zoomed into his face, just looking at the helmet. But the one where it looks like he's in an Imperial ship, we actually see the front of Darth Vader's helmet, and it looks really messed up, <laughs> man. So I'm just curious to get your opinion, which one of those images stood out to you as far as the the main villain holding Darth Vader's helmet? Because to me, even though we get to see the front of Darth Vader's helmet and the one that looks like he's on an Imperial ship, there's that other one, the first one, that's really zoomed into his face with his hand, like, just clutching or trying to touch Darth Vader's helmet there's something about that image I think that looks really cool and almost like in a creepy kind of way that this guy just looks so obsessed with Darth Vader's helmet so just curious to hear which one out of those two do you thought looked cool as far as the main deal in looking at Darth Vader's helmet
0: well yeah I mean that that second one that you were talking about where it's sort of a a more close-up shot um that definitely does have a little bit more of a creepy vibe to it Um, the one where they're on the bridge of a Star Destroyer, that's the one where I said that made me think, oh, wow, that does kind of look like Palpatine. Um, so I would maybe say I like that one a little bit better just because of, A, I thought the the sort of familiar looking Star Destroyer background was kind of cool, and B, just because it kind of got me thinking a little bit more, um, about, you know, who this villain might be. Is it someone we've seen before, or is it someone completely new? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know, should be... Really interesting to see either way. Also, I was just going to say, I mean, I know you were talking for a while about that Chrome Trooper and how cool that image looks. um, And how this one does look a little bit different than the last concept art image of the Chrome Trooper that we saw. And I'm pretty sure this is the Chrome Trooper Commander. Um, Because if you look, I mean, I know on the last image, uh, the last concept art image of the Chrome Trooper that we got... In the description, they said the Commander's helmet was a little bit different and that it had sort of a ridge along the top, kind of like a TIE pilot has. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one definitely has that. Um, And, I don't know, to be honest, I have to say I probably liked the last helmet that we saw a little bit more. Um, But this one does look pretty cool, too. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of guessing here. I mean, remember back when, uh, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was fairly early on in shooting. And they they said that the guy who had designed uh, the original Darth Vader helmet had returned to design some costumes for this movie. I would not be surprised if this is one of the things they had, they hired that guy to work on because um, this definitely has a sort of Darth Vader feel where the back of the helmet is sort of flared out just a little bit. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, with with the cape and the lightsaber hilt and everything, this definitely has more of a commander type vibe to it. And I think the regular chrome troopers um, are going to probably have the, the other armor that we saw in the last concept art image. But yeah, like you said, I mean, these guys are are shaping up to be really cool, if just visually, if nothing else. But I can't wait to see what role they play in the movie as well.
1: Uh, same here, man. <laughs> I know I already went on and on about that, so <laughs> I'll move on. But there's another image I wanted to talk to you about for what you think is taking place there. This one can cause a lot of speculation because <laughs> it's the one where it looks like, see Daisy, Daisy Ridley's character, and then behind her is what looks to be the villain that we're seeing in those Darth Vader helmet pictures, which looks like he's like holding her, like, just putting his arms around her in an embrace, and she has this look on her face like a like a look of shock or in defeat or she's like in a trance of some sort. I don't know. What did you make of that image? Cause I had some different theories popping up in my head. Like, does he have her like, in like a forced trance, like giving her a vision and like, she doesn't know what's going on around here. Or did he tell her something that just put her in such shock that she doesn't know what to do. And he just like, he puts his arm around her, just like telling her these like dark secrets. So I don't know. what did you make out of that image?
0: Well, Okay, here's where we're going to get into the other kind of spoiler territory a little bit. Remember that big spoiler from our last episode that we were staying away from that I said we're just going to dive into now? Because this kind of relates to that a little bit for me. Um, where that rumor is that Luke Skywalker is going to end up being the villain of this movie, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's going to be true. Or if it is, I think there's definitely going to be more to that. I mean, we're either going to see him turn to the dark side at some point or we're going to see him do something seemingly evil and then it turns out he's not evil or I mean there's going to be something more to it other than hey guys remember this childhood hero that you loved growing up as a kid well 30 years later he's a bad guy and you don't know how he got to that point but he's just the bad guy of this movie now Um, I think that would just be a, a cheap and lazy way to create a villain when you've got so many other possibilities but Um, the, the big thing that came to mind when I first saw this image was, I mean, you see Daisy Ridley's character, you see this villain behind her and like half his face is, you know, cybernetic and, and metal and covered up and everything. But you can sort of see a little bit of his face and it's kind of like around one eye and a little bit of his face surrounding that. And I just thought, you know, that looks like it could be Luke Skywalker. Um, and of course there's. Definitely not enough there to be able to tell for sure, um, but yeah, you know, it, it was just enough that I thought, oh, that could maybe be him. Um, but then again, I mean, as for what's actually happening here, we have no idea because this could be a Dagobah cave moment. Um, you see about as much of Luke's face here as you see when. The, the Darth Vader helmet blows up in the Dagobah cave, you know, when he cuts Vader's head off and then yeah, part of the helmet blows the off of and it's his face. It's about that same amount of face that you see here. So who knows, maybe it's another Dagobah cave vision um, or, you know, some sort of, like you said, some sort of force trance or, or vision or whatever. I don't know. Um, I mean, with any of these, it's really, you know, it's cool to sort of get a sense of the visuals and what some of the things in the movie are going to look like, but, you really can't get a sense of what's going on in terms of story here, um, which I kind of like because then, you know, even if you were to to pour over these images and analyze them over and over again, um, you're still not going to be able to learn everything about the movie because, I mean, A, there's still going to be stuff in the movie that we see that, uh, you know, that we don't see here in these concept art images because – Um, you know, this, I'm sure this isn't all the concept art they've done for the movie. There's still plenty of stuff that we haven't seen, but also these aren't storyboards. These aren't scripts. They're just sort of snapshots of people and locations and vehicles and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, on, on the one hand, I almost like, don't even really want to sort of speculate on what's going on there. But at the other, on the other hand, it's like, it could be anything. Um, and we could speculate about it all day, but, um, yeah, you know, who knows. It could just be some concept art where they were like, "Hey, let's just get a sort of a a look or a feel of what these two characters are going to look like or how they might interact or something and we may not actually see a scene where that happens exactly like it's happening here, but I don't know, who knows. The the possibilities are many.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll go on the record since I didn't talk about last episode as far as the whole Luke Skywalker being the villain thing. I don't think that's going to happen either. I really don't see them doing that for this first uh, new Star Wars movie where you know Disney's going to make a big deal about Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia returning to Star Wars. But then they have to keep Lucas' a secret throughout the whole movie because he's revealed to be the villain. I mean, I don't see that happening. That's not a good way to market it <laughs> where if Mark Hamill is going to be doing all these interviews. But yeah, I can't talk about his character because it's this big secret. But then again, too, you never know what. The creative way Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams have written the script, where we'll see Luke Skywalker, how we expected him to see him as an older Jedi, but then there's a big plot twist where he's not maybe not necessarily the villain, but he might do something that we never expected him to do. That's not necessarily on the good side. So who knows? But I don't think this character that we're seeing in all these concept art images is Luke, and that he's not going to be the main villain of Episode Seven. So. I'll say that on the record right now. But for that image, yeah, it's hard not to think that after reading that rumor. Because uh, part of this image was in that original rumor that came out saying that this is, like, an image where he's revealing the secret to her. But since I'm not necessarily buying that, I don't think it's going to... I think it's something different where, like I said, you don't really know. It's kind of hard to put into context just by looking at this image. But it looks like something big is going to be going down here. <laughs> it's like it might be a pivotal moment in the movie, so... Um, we'll still have to wait and see, but it's still a cool piece of art nonetheless. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but maybe because I'm looking at it so much and the rumors we're hearing, kind of maybe piecing together a little bit and maybe the, what the sequence is going to be. Because I think this is actually going to be the start of the end sequence where Daisy Ridley and, I don't know, maybe Han Solo from the Falcon and John Boyega, they come to this planet because I think it's going to start with what we were talking about earlier, the concept art image of the Falcon on the landing platform with that castle, which is the Skelly and Michael shoot. So that's probably the Falcon landing there. And then maybe Daisy, Daisy Ridley enters that castle and she enters that drone room and that other image I was talking about. She meets with the villain. Then we get to that concept art images with that villain holding her. Then after that, we get somehow the final battle ensues, which is on... Well, let's see, you know, that kind of play. Like the Skelly and Michael planet is probably not going to be that snow planet, but because I think that snow planet is going to be the final battle sequence where that's we see the falcon of that image before, which looks like it could be in some trouble. And then there's that big lightsaber battle that we saw there. And then this image in the snow with Daisy Ridley and this new villain. So I was thinking that it could transition, like it would start from that temple. And then it would transition outside to this big lightsaber battle here. But the planets look like they're going to be different. So maybe it's not going to play out that seamlessly. But I do think that sequence in the temple or the, uh, the lair of the villain is going to like, trigger the final like, battle action sequence. Maybe it will take place on another planet, but I think that's probably going to be the start of the ending <laughs> for Episode 7. We'll see. But just looking at these images and some of the rumors, I think that I can see that playing out as far as how the ending of the movie may shape out.
0: Yeah, possibly. But then again, I mean, the thing you have to factor in with any sort of big ending battle scene and the fact that we know that the Millennium Falcon is in this movie and that there are X-Wings in this movie is there's going to be some sort of space battle too. Mm -hmm. And of course, we had no concept art images of that here. So um, I mean, again, it's one of those things where like, yeah, you could analyze this stuff all day and try to piece together a whole movie just from this concept art and then go see the actual movie and realize you were still missing big chunks of it. So I guess. I mean, for me personally, I'm trying not to like analyze. You know, try not to overanalyze it too much. I'm just trying to sort of enjoy this first look at what some of the visuals might look like. But I
1: gotta try to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm still trying not to spoil myself on story stuff, or you know, try to dig too deeply into it. Um, the other thing too, I mean, just to point this out, these images all came out on uh, millennium Falcon.com, and I'm on the website right now, sort of looking at all the, the thumbnails that they still have listed, but I'm clicking on these and nothing is coming up. Um, so I'm guessing these may have all been removed from their, they, they had them all linked to like image shack or photo bucket or some website like that, where they had the uh, larger versions of the pictures posted, which it seems like are no longer available. So um, if you haven't seen these yet, um, I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure a lot of you have. And if you haven't, I mean, you can see the smaller versions of them here on this website still. And I'm sure other people have, you know, downloaded them and copied them and posted them on other websites. So you might be able to find them out there somewhere still. Um, but that does kind of squash one theory, which was, you know, I heard some people saying, oh, well, maybe um, this was actually part of their plan to sort of build up hype for the movie ahead of time because. You know, you would think it's this huge leap that all these images have come out and, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams is probably like furious about this right now. But how come the images haven't been taken down yet, especially when like a whole bunch of major sites are reporting on it and a lot of people know that they're out there, um, but they haven't been taken down yet. But it seems like now they probably have been taken down at least off of somewhere i mean this website is still up with all the, the thumbnail images so i'm kind of even surprised that that's still there but um yeah i don't know they might be starting to take it down now
1: yeah i was kind of maybe expecting to where like you now jj Evans kind of had some fun with like he posted the picture of like the millennium falcon to the Jerric table with that note I was kind of hoping maybe we'd get, like, another, like, funny note about the concept art images leaking and have, like, another, like, prop or set photo come out. But so far, nothing yet. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting because I didn't notice either that um, they were taken down from MillenniumFalcon.com, which is thumbnail images. So that is interesting. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see if they do have any response to it or not. But I personally don't think it's any like those – kind of like what happened with Abu Dhabi set images, like there was like the conspiracy where Lucasfilm let it happen to build up hype for all that. But I think these were genuinely leaked images that came out that they probably didn't want to.
0: Yeah. Especially when it's this much stuff. Exactly. Um, I think that's probably the same thing. Also. Okay. One more image I want to talk about before we move on. Um, It's just, this was, if anything, maybe the one image that I didn't really like, which is they have, Um, an image that looks like, you know, it's sort of a concept of an older looking Chewbacca and it's two pictures of him, one where he just looks sort of normal and whole, I guess you could say, whereas in the other image, he has a cybernetic arm and I'm like, on the one hand, that's sort of interesting for, you know, a concept of like, oh yeah, what would a Wookiee with a cybernetic hand look like? But on the other hand, I'm kind of hoping that's not the version that they put in the movie just because, It almost seems to me like they're they're getting a little too heavy here with the the cybernetics. I don't know. I mean, we've seen people before have mechanical hands in Star Wars, but just from the concepts we've seen so far, I mean, obviously, Luke is going to be in the movie and he still, at least as far as we know, still has a mechanical hand. Um, And then you've got this cyborg villain who's got all kinds of mechanical parts going on and then we've seen we have a couple other concept art images here and we talked about this before on one of our earlier episodes um where we were just sort of going over the descriptions of it of sort of this grizzled old man who has like a cybernetic eye and a cybernetic foot and looks like he could be you know a veteran of clone wars or something like that um, and you know, so if that's going to be a, a character with any sort of prominent role in the movie, then that's one more cyborg there for you. And it's just like, do we really need Chewbacca to have a cybernetic hand too? It's like, suddenly it seems like this movie is going to be taking the whole, uh, you know, that line about Vader being more machine now than man, and maybe turning that into some sort of moral story and making that the whole focus of it, where it's the star Wars universe and everybody has to have some sort of cybernetic body part. So yeah. He could pull back on that.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be because Chewie had, he lost it when uh, they're going to reconvector prime where the moon was falling on him. It just crushed his hand and not. his mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It was like, yeah, that's like a, maybe a little too much overkill with cybernetic hands and all that stuff. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. But, but
0: I guess, no, You know what? what? If he does end up having a cybernetic arm, I'm going to make up my own backstory, which is not going to be that a moon fell on it. It's going to be that he won a game of dejeric against a bigger, stronger Wookiee and got his arm ripped out of the socket. Uh,
1: there you go. Not quite the arm, but just a part of his... Like. <laughs> <laughs> the forearm, yeah. He
0: yeah. <laughs> got his elbow ripped out.
1: Uh, but one more image, I guess, <laughs> since you had one more... Okay, one more, I wanted to talk about that. There's that one where it looks like the lightsaber is being ignited, the blue lightsaber. We have read this description before where it might be the first time Daisy Ridley's character and John Boyega is able to... Night the lightsaber, but in that image we get to see that new R2 unit that was described and the new alien creature on there. And the R2 unit struck me as it's definitely different. I don't know if I like. I'll I'll say it right now. I don't like it more as much as the classic R2 units that we all know and love. But I'm not sold on it for sure. Like, is, is it really gonna gel with it, or it's something that's gonna work? I just have to wait to see it in motion. It's definitely unique. I'm not quite sure where. I stand with it as far as like being totally sold on it or not being sold on it just yet. But it's definitely an interesting look. And again, like we said, it's concept art images. Maybe a little this go back to the original R2 unit look, but I'm curious to see if they stick with it and how it will look in motion. And then that alien creature too, um, it's, I mean, the speculation as far as uh, the whole thing of is Andy Serkis going to be playing a motion captured character, an alien, or just he'll be playing a human. And, just can't help but wonder when you see an alien creature it looks like because we've read before this one's going to be has i won't say a pivotal role but an important role as far as like them like taking the lightsaber to him maybe he's going to get it to work and he has the kyber crystal and knows how to these things work with all that with the kyber crystal and the saber so i don't know i'm not saying i think this is andy circus's character but it's just hard not to think that when there's an alien creature who might have an important role some part of the movie that I think Andy Serkis might not be involved at least for me anyway so I don't know his design is uh, I wouldn't say nothing that too that blew me away or like oh that's a cool alien creature it's kind of more of a humanoid look so it wasn't nothing that blew me away but it was just nice to kind of put a picture to the image that, or the descriptions that we read on making Star Wars about this scene. Cause I remember they were describing it as something that could be like a real, like important moment in the movie where this lightsaber gets the night and that alien creature was there. So I don't know. What'd you think about the alien and the new R2 unit design?
0: Well, you know, the alien, I mean, from the report that we read earlier, they said it could be um, like one of the solutions from the Clone Wars. And I definitely didn't sort of make that parallel upon seeing it, for myself in this image. Um, I mean, if anything, it almost looks more like an old man to me than, uh, you know, than one of those funny little pollution alien guys. But it's also kind of hard to jump to conclusions here because it's, you know, obviously either nighttime or they're like in a dark cave or something here. So you can't, I mean, there's a lot of shadows and you can't really get uh, a good look at all the characters completely. Um, but yeah, I mean, this little alien guy could certainly be an intriguing look, you know, however he ends up looking, uh, finally. And yeah, it could be Andy Serkis definitely, if it's going to be, um, some sort of alien that needs uh CGI. And then as far as the art, the R2 astromech unit, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, it's not my favorite necessarily, but at the same time, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's also one of those ones where you can't really, you still can't see the whole thing. Um, You can basically just see the head. And then I guess what would be like the neck and shoulders, if it were a person, just sort of this, um, you know, elongated, I guess sort of, you know, a little like black neck section that looks like it could maybe extend or rotate or something like that. And then just sort of the top part of the body, but you can't see the whole, um, you know, the whole of what the, the main body of the droid would look like. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean the head itself actually kind of almost looks like one of those little floating Senate cameras from the prequels.
1: Yeah, Um, that's true. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it's one of those things that even though we've seen it here in a concept art image, I I would still want to wait to actually see the whole thing in action in the movie before sort of making a decision on it. But I mean, again, as with most of the, the concept art or the, leaked set pictures or anything that we've seen so far i mean the best of these things have got me excited and the worst thing i can say about any of them is that they simply look like they belong in star wars um so even if it's not like oh man that's really cool or that's really neat it's like yeah okay i could see that fitting in with the universe it might not blow me away but it doesn't stand out like a sore thumb and make me hate it or anything like that so I think, I mean, that was probably what got me most excited just about all of this stuff. I mean, from all the, you know, the lightsabers to the ships to the Stormtrooper armor and the locations and all that kind of stuff. It was just like, man, we're getting our sort of first glimpses here of what the next star wars movie might look like and it all looks like i mean it you know a lot of it looks cool and new and at the same time it looks like a seamless continuation of that universe because it's all this new cool looking stuff that looks like it'll just fit right in with star wars
1: yes i have to say this is like probably one of my favorite periods of waiting for a new star wars movie to come out like we're still a a few a year away, or a few uh, a while away from the movie coming out, but we're getting these little things that just get me so excited for it. I mean, it could be set images. Like I remember reminiscing about what episodes one, two, and three that got me so pumped when it was the first things we're seeing from this movie. And while we did see the Abu Dhabi set images, it was mainly like props and extras. But with this, these concept art images, this was, this was another level for me as far as getting pumped up for it because we're seeing. What the actual movie could possibly look like and probably will look like—certain sequences, characters, uh, environments, uh, trooper armor, just so much cool stuff—and you said a great, where it's just, I mean, though it might not everything blow us away, but it just feels like it's a great continuation of the Star Wars that we know and love. So, and these concept art images did so much for me to get me even more pumped up for episode seven which again i was so pumped up for it before but that night just took it to another level and it's continuing on so this is just the tip of the iceberg really because these are concept art images imagine when we see actual images in that trailer that's eventually going to come in footage oh, and i can't even think about how awesome it's going to be <laughs> I mean, so far just with these images episode seven at least visually is looking awesome and man, I can't wait for (laughs) it. It's going to be so great.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if these art images look cool now, just wait till we get to see this stuff in motion, in action with a story behind it. I mean, it's going to be so cool. So yeah, really exciting stuff. Um, Well, good episode. Thanks everybody for listening. Oh wait, we're not done yet.
1: (laughs) Not by a long shot. Yeah, no, man, (laughs)
0: but we went for like almost an hour just on that one first thing. So all right. What do you say we blow through some rumors here? Uh, all right. So, yeah, again, going back to the the Luke thing from last time. I mean, this, uh, this first rumor that we're going to talk about from makingstarwars.net. And, again, these guys have been at it almost nonstop for the past few weeks. I mean, we've got like six rumors coming up here that we're going to talk about from uh, making Star Wars. But um, this first one here deals with that Luke rumor again sort of where they're uh, – giving more descriptions for more concept art that we haven't seen yet. Um, But this is concept art for a villain and they're describing, um, you know, this fiery backdrop that could be Mustafar and uh, you know, this helmet design that kind of looks similar to the Chrome trooper. And basically the gist of it is they, they end up describing something that sounds very similar to Darth Bane from the clone wars. um, When he shows up in that final episode in the last, in the Lost missions with Yoda on, Moraband, there you Still go. Still painful <laughs> to say that. Um, when he shows up with the odon Korriban in Dark Bane's tomb,
1: he uh, <laughs> just couldn't resist.
0: <laughs> no, no, it just it flows out of my mouth. I don't know. It's the same planet.
1: Uh, well, maybe when you hear it in Episode Seven, or Episode Eight, or Nine, or whatever spin-off movie, you'll say it without going back to Korriban Eventually, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe J.J. Abrams will turn it back to yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because he loves the EU so much, he wants to turn it back.
0: (laughs) Maybe. You never know. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, if you've seen those Clone Wars episodes, the, the description here of what they're describing basically sounds like Darth Bane, which would be pretty awesome if it actually was Darth Bane or it could just be some sort of similar looking armor. Um, but then they're saying this could be Adam Driver's costume, this could be Luke's costume if he ends up being a villain, which again, Tim and I are both saying, eh, I don't think so too. Um, but either way, I mean, if it ends up being something you know remotely similar to that Darth Bane armor, that would be really awesome to see. And I still don't think... I mean, oh, man, I don't know who this main villain is going to be, and I don't know if it's going to be, like, if it's someone wearing this armor, if that's going to be this cyborg person, or if it's going to be something different, or if it's actually going to be Darth Bane. And, I mean, Tim and I were talking about this before we started recording, and just sort of this idea popped into my head that, man, if this description sounds this much like Darth Bane, well, what if it actually is Darth Bane, either if it's you know, him as a holocron or a force vision, or if he actually returns in some physical form, some way through some form of dark sorcery, or, I mean, we've talked a lot about how there might be flashbacks in this movie and they might explore sort of the history of the force and the Jedi and the Sith and whatnot. If there's some sort of flashback that involves Darth Bane and the origin of the Sith and the rule of two and all that. Um, And we can maybe actually see Darth Bane in those flashbacks and, you never see his face. He's just got this mask and this armor and everything and have him voiced by Mark Hamill who voiced him in the clone wars as well. And maybe that's where the whole Luke Skywalker rumor started from. If they heard, you know, Oh, Mark Hamill is playing this villain and then the villain is Darth Bane. And somebody missed that connection and thought, Oh, well, Luke Skywalker is the cybernetic villain. I don't know. Um, It's, I don't know. It's a lot of stuff going on here. In fact, this is almost starting to get to be, you know, a lot of villains to try to keep track of because it's like, well, we know there's the cyborg guy and then we're hearing there possibly may be Darth Bane or someone wearing Darth Bane-like armor and then there's the Chrome Stormtrooper commander and then there's Adam Driver, who I don't think is going to be any of the above just because I kind of like that previous report about, um, you know, him being the sort of young aristocrat guy that becomes obsessed with Sith artifacts and all that sort of thing. And, you know, maybe falls to the dark side or gets possessed or whatnot. I mean, maybe he'll get possessed by the spirit of Darth Bane. Maybe this is his character's costume. He's like collected the antique armor of Darth Bane and is now wearing it for himself. I don't know. Um, And then on top of that, we still have rumors that Lupita Nyong'o is playing some sort of Sith acolyte slash Jedi hunter slash other villain that we don't really know about yet so and there's a lot of possibilities here so just because there's one big rumor saying that oh luke is going to be the villain like i wouldn't put too much stock in that because there's a lot of rumors about a lot of villains and especially with someone like luke skywalker like if there were any truth to that i'm sure it would be a lot more complex than that but with just this rumor here about this armor i mean that does sound pretty cool so can't wait to see how that plays out
1: yeah is the description of it before the darth bane uh, comparison. even came in in the original post. He was describing it as looking like the helmet that Shredder wears from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I love that design. <laughs> the Shredder helmet, I think, is really cool, but then when you got the Darth Bane comparison, I was like, oh, man, that, <laughs> that would be awesome if it did look like that, knowing how it looked from Clone Wars, and they are kind of similar, the two Shredders and Darth Banes, but...
0: Yeah, and then uh, they also mentioned, there's a line in here that I like, where they said, this costume is Darth Vader if he were a ninja.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> mean, <laughs> how cool does that sound ninja darth vader <laughs> yeah but man we're talking about like you said earlier about the possibility of if this is darth bane actually being in the movie and i'll just flip out and lose it. That would be so awesome <laughs> i would have a total geek out moment in the movie theater if we actually see the physical presence of darth bane what like you said whether it's a flashback a holocron or like a force vision or something but just to see him in a live action star wars movie would be so cool and yeah, because we've heard rumors, like you said, like the, even going back to the possible title, the Ancient Fear, or we're going to learn the origins of the Sith. And if that has to do with Darth Bane, man, I will not be happier <laughs> if that's the case. I mean, I could just picture reading maybe like the first story description for Episode 7 on StarWars.com where it says our heroes will have to try to stop the... Uh, the reemergence of an ancient evil. The so, ancient says, "Lord Darth Bane." If I just see those two words in a press release or something, man, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> it's gonna be so cool. we we'll just probably make my day like those uh, concept art images did. Knowing Darth Bane's gonna be in this movie, but and uh, like you said, there's we said this a lot too. Where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> and the description of how uh, I'm making Star Wars wrote That it says like uh, I'm just gonna read it right here. It says. The helmet is really similar to Darth Bane's in almost every way. I mean, can that really be a coincidence if it looks so similar to it? Because they know what it looks like from the Clone Wars. So, yeah, man, just talking about how it now, it's going to be excited for this possibility. So I really hope that's the case. But I got to keep my expectations in check just in case it's not, because you never know. Like we said, concept art, it can change when the final movie comes out. So, But it has the potential to be something really cool, I think, if they go the Darth Bane route. It's going to yeah, be cool oh. if they do also,
0: just one thing I have to point out real quick, um, just on the note of Darth Vader, if he were a ninja, that would look really cool, but Darth Vader would make a terrible ninja. Because <laughs> imagine if you're like, you know, sneaking in the shadows, trying to be stealthy, trying to sneak up on somebody, and then, <sighs>
1: yeah. crap, they saw me coming. <laughs> Oops. You <laughs> could just use a Jedi mind trick to make them like they never heard anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, put a forced
0: bubble of silence around your breather. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think you even developed like those, uh, ninja, like when they do the ninja vantage, where they have that gas powder that comes out to make it this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And then, I mean, so we've got some descriptions of a couple more concept art pieces here. Uh, Tim, you want to go ahead and, uh, run those down real quick.
1: Yeah, another one that came from making Star Wars is um, some concept art, concept art images of a possible sequence that involves like the stormtroopers in this uh, jungle planet where they're gonna go up against these like uh, plant monsters. <laughs> which, when reading it, I kind of got the idea of what uh, the. Uh, that monster that was on Umbara during the Umbara arc that the uh, clone troopers used to capture Kral, something like that with big tentacles to capture. <laughs> it looks like they said this sequence is going to be capturing some stormtroopers here, even some on speeder bikes too, where they're trying to make their escape. They're like racing side by side to avoid the beast, but it's on their trail and it ends up capturing them. And so I think that also missed, um mentioned some reference of, cause we've heard this too a while before it was a possible, like the flamethrowing throwing the stormtroopers that are supposed to be in this. It's supposed to be in the sequence too. So maybe they're making this way through this jungle and to get rid of this like big monsters, this plant beast here, they have to use their flamethrowers. So I don't know this sequence, it sounds pretty exciting, but at the same time, too, I don't want to see another sequence where the Stormtroopers are just used as, like, cannon fodder, <laughs> and we're just seeing them get wiped out by all these different types of monsters, so it sounds cool, but hopefully too many Stormtroopers won't bite the dust in this sequence. Oh, come on, I'm, Tim. It's
0: a new Star Wars movie. Tons of Stormtroopers
1: are going to bite the dust. But I want it to change <laughs> with Episode 7. <laughs> I want them to be more Clone Troopers, unless, like, Stormtroopers. <laughs> eh, the Clone Troopers were still cannon fodder. They put up more of a fight than the Stormtroopers did. They did put up more of a fight, but
0: you know, like, you know, there there were some episodes in the Clone Wars where Rex and his guys were kicking butt, and then there were other times when Clone Troopers just died, and then Count Dooku would, like, step over their bodies and kick them in the head like they weren't even human beings.
1: Well, hopefully, if these, like we said before, but these Episode 7 Troopers, they'll cause some damage by hitting their targets too a little bit. Instead of just yeah, that's all the time. true. Except
0: get, you know they're still not going to hit the main characters either.
1: Yeah, but hit these, like, monsters that uh, people won't be attached to. So we have to worry about <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that did sound pretty interesting, though, when I read that report. I mean, I also sort of immediately pictured those creatures from Umbara, except as far as we know, those things can't move. Um And this, obviously, is going to be a different planet, because they're describing something with a lot of trees and, you know, sort of similar to Endor and Kashyyyk, but they also say it's different, Um, but certainly doesn't sound like Umbara, so it could be a a related type of creature, but something different, or it could be the same type of creature, and maybe the ones in the Clone Wars had their legs broken, I don't know, but um, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of terrifying to imagine, like, these giant tentacle monsters that you saw in Umbara in the Clone Wars that have... You know, a a whole bunch of long, flexible tentacles that reach out and grab clones. And then, you know, they've got these big, wide-open mouths with sharp teeth and stuff. And, uh, you know, and you you can imagine those things that move, and not just move, but move fast enough to catch a stormtrooper on a speeder bike. Like, that's kind of terrifying right there.
1: Yeah. Like, this whole sequence sounds like it's going to be something pretty cool if the Stormtroopers can put up some fight, because the other description they have of a concept art, which I think is actually going to be some other inhabitants on this planet, which uh, on Making Star Wars, their uh, title for this article is called Attack of the Wicker (laughs) Men. So they're describing these new, like, different alien species or these creatures that are going to inhabit this planet. And they describe as their face to kind of almost be similar to, like, General Grievous. It's white that has, like, a skeletal feel to it. There's black eye sockets, like, little pinpoints uh, for, like, the eyes. And it kind of says, too, that... So they made a point to say that they're really scary looking. It's going to be something that we're not really too familiar with or seen before in Star Wars. And another description that I like, he says it's like... <laughs> he goes, the face is almost as if Satan made an army of shy guys from the Super Mario Brothers world. <laughs> <them with diapers." laughs> right? That alone has me intrigued in what these guys are going to look like. <laughs> so then another comparison they made to it was that... At least for their face, it kind of looks like how the Dark Elves looked in Thor The Dark World. They have an image posted of the Dark Elves on the article here. And it kind of gets that feel of what he's describing, kind of like a skeletal or like white mass type feel to it. So I don't know. And another big thing about it is that they said these creatures are supposed to be huge. Like he makes the comparison, Gareth Edwards' monster is huge. So it's like something not as big as the Zillowbees, but like, bigger than normal humanoid characters, so, and it's supposed to be going up against the Stormtroopers, and there's reports, too, that there was supposed to be the filming on the Puzzlewoods woods uh, forest set battle that was supposed to take place between Stormtroopers there, so I don't know, there's still <laughs> I guess no story ideas or rumors that are kicking around as far as why Stormtroopers are going to be having this battle here, but it could sound like to be a pretty cool sequence. I mean, we got that chase with that big plant monster, and then we see Stormtroopers fighting these other creatures or inhabitants on this planet. It could be really cool. Like I said, though, only if the Stormtroopers put up a good fight and they're just not getting wiped out left and right. (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) it would look cool to see Stormtroopers, but then I'll just be shaking my head like, ah, still, Stormtroopers can't put up a good fight. (laughs) First it was Ewoks, now it was these.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure if we see them fighting some sort of native inhabitant type guys like i would hope we would see them put up a better fight against them than we did against the ewoks especially if they're gonna have you know new helmets and new armor and that sort of stuff yeah i want to see them fare pretty well in a battle but and if we see them getting wiped out by some sort of giant creature with tentacles that can move really fast and stuff i don't think that would necessarily make the stormtroopers look weak so much as it would look the creature you know make the creature look terrifying so um, I mean, that I wouldn't necessarily complain if the if the troopers get wiped out, if the enemy they're getting wiped out by is sufficiently you know, powerful or scary or anything like that. Um, but the other thing I was thinking of, just as you're reading this description of these uh, these inhabitants with the masks and stuff, I'm thinking like, man, what if these are... And I'm guessing this probably isn't the case because this is all EU and we don't necessarily know how much of this they're going to bring into it. But uh, my, just my first thought was that what if it's the Kalish? Uh, alien race, which yeah. in the EU is the race of people that General Grievous comes from, you know, before he becomes a cyborg and all that. And they're these, you know, big burly alien guys who were basically, you know, lived to just be warlords and fighters and everything like that. And they wear bone masks that basically look like General Grievous's face. Um, you know, that like as warriors, they just wear these sort of bone or skull looking masks. And then when Grievous became a cyborg, he sort of fashioned his um you know cybernetic face or whatever you want to call it after uh sort of the the cultural masks of his alien race so um i don't know i mean that would be one thing that would be cool to see but it also could be something completely different especially when you're saying like if these are supposed to be huge you know monster-sized creatures it's like well that doesn't necessarily sound like grievous so um Yeah, who knows? Like, whatever it is, it it should be really cool to see. I mean, obviously, we, we keep saying this over and over again, but the more new armor and creatures and characters and aliens and all new different types of designs and stuff... Uh, that we get to see in a new Star Wars movie. The more of that, the better. Especially, I mean, one other thing that you mentioned that I really loved, um, just the idea of stormtroopers with flamethrowers, because that was really cool to see um, in the Clone Wars when, uh, you know, that episode on Geonosis when ki mundi brings yeah. his clone troopers through and they bust out their flamethrowers and just torch the Geonosians in their way. Um, you know, seeing something like that with new stormtrooper armor, like, how cool would that be?
1: I know seeing that live action would just be so cool. <laughs> like I said, I just have the Star Troopers like show that they they're a formidable opponent <laughs> against whatever uh, creatures they're fighting. I mean, maybe that'll be like the last resort. they have this battle. They're getting overrun. Maybe that the pullback was like okay, let's send in the flamethrowers and they just like wipe them all out <laughs> right then and there. And again, these descriptions that I'm making Star Wars posts sound really cool. It's like uh, I believe this came out. I don't know if these came out before or after the lead concept art images. I think actually they came before. So I was kind of hoping that maybe these descriptions were uh, part of the lead concept art images that came out because those sounded really cool. I was kind of hoping oh, maybe eventually like a few days we'll get these images come out. Mm-hmm. But so far nothing yet because these sound really cool and I can't wait to see right now or anyway at least uh, the concept art that's being described here because it sounds really cool and interesting. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, we've also got a description of some new concept art of um, Han Solo in sort of a, a cold weather gear, but it's not as as cold as Hoff. Um, and it sounds like it's for this planet that we're seeing with the, the snow and the trees and all that kind of stuff. And they're saying, it's basically just like, um, you know, black pants and black boots and a white shirt and a, a coat, but yeah, um, you know, sort of like 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 I said, not quite as heavy as a coat as he wears on Hoth. They're actually showing some images here of George Lucas during the filming of the original trilogy, where he's wearing kind of a a thick wool lined coat, which he's wearing in the desert while they're filming scenes for <laughs> Tatooine. And I'm kind of looking at this, going, George, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, I mean, I live in Arizona, so I have a little bit of an idea of how hot that must have been. I mean, I have filmed scenes outside for movies before. Thankfully, when I was filming my own Star Wars movie, we filmed that mostly like in the fall and winter when it's still kind of warm out here. But, you know, it wasn't like in the summer when it's 110 degrees. But I'm like filming in Tunisia and wearing that thick of a coat, I would die. Um, But it does look like something that you would wear in in colder weather. And they're saying basically just picture that. But um, I think they said it's like blue or black or something like that. Um, and yeah, with they they said, just picture that coat with the the classic Han solo costume with black boots and black pants, and you've basically got the picture, so, um, I mean, that sounds kind of interesting, in fact, we've seen uh you know another piece of concept art earlier um, we had some concept art of a couple different Han solo costumes, and there was one where he was like in a longer trench coat kind of thing, and then one that looked like it was more cold weather gear. Um, But that one looked closer to the classic Hoth look. So, I mean, maybe they did a couple different concepts of what he could be wearing for the cold weather stuff. Um, So we could see one of these designs, you know, one or the other, or we could see both of them. Who knows? But, um, I mean, that's, you know, nothing too huge there, but, uh, you know, kind of cool to get a little bit more of an idea of what the main characters might be looking like as well.
1: Yeah, we'll get to get an idea, I guess, more Han Solo action figures, uh, different outfits we get to put to our collection with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
0: especially because you know with the Clone Wars stuff, like they loved to keep repackaging those, you know, cold weather gear, Anakin and Obi-Wan yeah. action figures.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we'll have... Hoth uh a little gear, and then whatever this new planet, ice gear, <laughs> he's going to be having. <laughs> well, there will just be just enough differences to justify the purchasing both if you already have a Hoth outfit one. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm just going to keep calling it, like, Alderon mountains that aren't on Alderon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the Alderaan planet that won't be Alderon. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be an asteroid that's
0: just like a chunk of Alderon that floated <laughs> away.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's going to be the new... Uh, in that there's going to be an episode seven instead of destroys planet it can bring planets back and it brings back altaron it's going to be the opposite of the death star the, <laughs> the, La- the star. life star <laughs> uh, good thing i'm not writing the script on. <laughs> yeah and then we've got descriptions
0: of a couple more new ships too I and mean, we've got one called a u wing and one called a j wing um and they're you know sort of describing these and again with with some of these different fighter models and stuff, it's kind of hard to get a picture of it just from the descriptions um, without seeing the actual concept art. But I know for this U-wing, I sort of got a picture in my head as I was reading it, almost of like the Ebon Hawk from Knights of the Old Republic, where, um, I mean, if you've played that game, you know that ship is sort of a little bit like the Millennium Falcon as well, but it's got the cockpit in the center and then this sort of rounded body that kind of goes around it in a semicircle. Um, and this one kind of sounds similar where they say, the The actual body is sort of like a U-shape that faces forward, and then the cockpit is like in the center of it, and then you've got two engines sort of in the back. And then they kind of describe these like folding wing tips with laser cannons on the end on the sides of the U, I guess, and those are kind of a little bit hard for me to picture. But um, – Well, yeah, you know this, what?
1: Now that you're describing it, this actually sounds like a lot of, one of the concept art images of those that speeder that looks like it's driving across the desert plains – And it's kind of like, it looks like it has those U-shaped wings. There's a cockpit in the center with the two engines in the back. So I think it actually, that might be it. Cause I actually pulled it up as you're describing it. It was like, as you're describing it, it looks like what I'm seeing right here. I don't know if you remember that one.
0: Hey, no, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at that one again too right now. Um, And that actually, I mean, that was one of my favorite um, pieces from the concept art, just because I thought that was such a cool ship design. I don't know if that's the same thing they're describing for the, U Wing, although you know it might be, I don't know. I mean, just this thing to me looked more like actually, if anything, it almost looks like something cobbled together out of pod racer parts. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look it looks like head. a pod racer if you took it apart and reassembled it as like a speeder or a, a sort of personal transport ship instead of just a racer. Um, because this, def- this thing definitely looks like it's got speed and a lot of engines on it, but it also doesn't quite look like a spaceship or a um especially not a starfighter but it could be i don't know um and yeah i mean i could see how that could sort of be similar enough that it could be the same one
1: yeah i don't know <laughs> but with these ship descriptions it's kind of hard for me to get excited about them until i actually see them in like an image of them because Honestly, I've never really been too much of a ship guy. I mean, every time we play like we used to play Star Wars Trivia Pursuit, it was a technical ship question, I would always get it wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> I decided to say, Oh yeah, X Wings looks cool, TIE Fighters look and sound cool, and the Falcon's cool and Star Destroyers are cool. I don't really get too like excited to actually see it visually and then I don't really follow up on with with all these like texts and like how many engines it has <laughs> and all that stuff. And so if we ever end up playing Trivial Pursuit, you want to beat me, make sure you ask, like, get to the technical ship questions.
0: <laughs> oh, I will definitely do that. I'll, I'll brush up on my Incom T-65B X-Wing Starfighters and all that good stuff. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you say all the numbers and without actually saying, like, it's an X-Wing or something. I'll probably not be right on the answer.
0: Yeah, we'll see that stuff even, like... I'm not super into that kind of stuff where I have to know like the make and model of every single starfighter. I just read that stuff, you know, happen to come across it on Wikipedia and stuff like that. And then it just kind of sticks in my memory. But um, yeah, I mean, I do like these descriptions though, just because I guess I'm a little bit more of a ship guy, just in the fact that that's one of the things that gets me really excited. And I love seeing these kind of things. And so i um, just reading these descriptions. I like sort of trying to visualize what it's going to look like, but at the same time, I mean, especially with some of the more complex designs, you know, you can describe it to me all day and I'm still not going to get a good picture of it until I just see it. So,
1: yeah, I do like the idea because of the reports, it's referring to like the U-Wing, then you got the J-Wing fighter. I do like the letter aspect (laughs) of these different ships that go with the X-Wings, the A-Wings and B-Wings and Y-Wings. But we were talking about earlier, J-Wing, I don't know. Doesn't sound like it's something that rolls off the tongue more than I think a U wing does. I don't know. But I still like the letter motif that they go with if they decide to use the designs and that's what they're gonna call these ships. Instead yeah, of all these model numbers.
0: <laughs> yeah, also with this J Wing, I mean it's kinda of hard to picture what they're describing here from this one, but they're saying to sort of uh, you know, visualize the B wing Um, for, you know, sort of a model. So something sort of similar to that, I guess. And see, the B-Wing was was always, especially as a kid, was like one of the spaceships I always had a problem with in Star Wars because it looks cool, but I could never understand why they called it a B-Wing because I was like, why don't they call it a T-Wing? It's a cross. (laughs) It looks exactly like a T. Who in the world decided that looked like a B? And the A-Wing looks like an A. The X-Wing looks like an X. The Y-Wing looks like a Y. The B-Wing does not
1: look like a B. Well, I believe it's because the B stands for blade. I think it's supposed to be a blade wing. It's kind oh, of what okay. stands for. But again, I'm pretty sure that might be EU now. So,
0: yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe someone who wrote an EU novel tried to come up with an explanation for it, and you know, was like, "Oh, well, you know, if I write this, then it'll make sense."
1: Yeah. Hey, but it turns out I knew something about a ship. So. Yeah, there you <laughs> so go. I don't know too much. But I think, too, uh, if I remember right. I- I think I don't want to say it's Admiral Akbar, but I think the Mon Calamari actually had a helping hand in designing the look of the B Wing. I think that's like one of their ship designs. And see that I did know. Okay. Of course that <laughs>
0: also is EU now, so you know, who knows? But yeah, I, I remember reading that somewhere that the, the Mon Calamari helped design that. And maybe even Akbar specifically.
1: Well, so if those get ants in a trivial pursuit game we play, I'll get those right. <laughs> but, <anyway. laughs> but not much else.
0: Yeah. All right. And then, um, so I guess sort of the last rumor stuff we have here, um, the Forest.net post posted this article a couple days ago where they just sort of listed a whole bunch of rumors. Um, and some of these we've heard before and some were kind of new. So I'll just kind of run through them real quick. Um, and they've got these sort of divided up into categories. They say, um, some of the more creative things we've heard include, Adam Driver's character starts off good, but his secret addiction, collecting artifacts related to the dark side, overtakes him eventually, and he becomes a villain in the later two films. Um, And I wouldn't even necessarily put that under more creative things we've heard. I mean, at least to me, that sounded pretty plausible. But again, we don't know. Um, Also, they say Lupita Nyong'o, Driver, and Gwendolyn Christie's characters are all the muscle for the main villain, and they serve a similar function to that of the Inquisitor from Rebels. Also sounds pretty plausible in my book, Um, at least with Adam Driver and Gwendolyn Christie. We really don't know much about Lupita Nyong'o's character yet at this point. I mean, we've heard other rumors that she'll be playing a villain, but we still really don't know anything for sure. Um, And then they say, in what would, if it turns out to be true, be a complete fan service, there is a sequence involving Han Solo disguising himself as, wait for it, a stormtrooper. Um, and so this is, this, I mean, this is new to me. I hadn't heard this before, but, um, yeah, I mean, that would kind of be fan service, but at the same time, if it works for the story, it's not necessarily one of those things where I'm like, oh, they've done that before. I wouldn't want to see it again. Um, because when you've got a small band of characters trying to fight the empire or the remnants of the empire or the new empire or whatever they're going to be called in this movie, um, I think it could be fun again to to see Han, you know, being like, you know, the, the grumpy old man Han Solo trying to fit back into a Stormtrooper outfit. And, uh, you know, that would be sort of a nice callback to the original trilogy. Plus, you know, he could do another, you know, boring conversation anyway, or we're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Or, see, um, I,
1: I could picture something happening where it's like they need to dress up as stormtroopers. Maybe they are. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> I'm get too for to that you guys do it or something like that. It's going to yeah, be like a perfect do hope.
0: Yeah, something like uh, maybe they would get questioned and you would expect him to try to do that same routine again where he's like, you know, we're all fine here now. Thank you. But instead he just like shoots the guy or something like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a little bit Han Solo slash Indiana Jones moment. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that could be interesting. Um, and then they say some of the slightly more reasonable sounding things we've heard, um, Yavin 4 and the rebel base scene in episode four are in the new film, but no, the set shots of the Falcon and the new style X-Wings are not Yavin 4 sets. Um, see, I'm not sure if I believe that because I mean, we, well, we could see Yavin 4 and I've said before that I don't think that the, um, the sets that we've seen of like the X-Wings and the Falcon and the hangers and stuff that I didn't think that was Yavin for. But when I was talking about with those concept art images, how they all sort of had labels on them, and that one image that was um, of the hangers and stuff, it was labeled as Masasi temples or something like that, or Masasi temple hangers or something, um, which we know like those are... The, that was the tribe on Yavin where they, they built all the temples and stuff. So they could have just been making that up because the the hangars look similar in structure or maybe the Masasi were on a different planet too. But I think maybe this could just be a different area of Yavin. Um, or maybe they even cleared out some of the trees to make room for a bigger rebel base. But I'm starting to think that might be Yavin 4 just because the structure of the hangars looks so similar to the temple that they were all based in in A New Hope. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, um, see.
1: My thing, again, is you're saying this report that Yavin 4 is going to be in it. We see set images that it looks like it could be for Yavin and why wouldn't it be if they're going to have it in there anyway why would they create yeah. a new planet that looks almost exactly like another one you're going to be on so yeah, i personally think those are going to be if the haven 4 in it is in it then that it's going to be that those set images we saw or Yavin yeah, 4 cannot be in it and it will be a different planet but i just don't think they're going to have both of them and have one look exactly like it and have Yavin 4 be separate so
0: yeah, yeah it's it's like one of those math problems in school where it's like if a is true then b is true Yeah, so, or, you know, logic <laughs> problems or whatever those were Um, But yeah, I mean, I I pretty much agree with you on that. And then they also say, this is another new one that we haven't heard before, but it's Luke wears an outfit very similar to one he wore in episode six, different color this time though. He also wears a costume similar to Obi-Wan's in episode three. Um, And then they say there's, this is kind of spoilers here, but we've also talked about this a lot before. And I think this is probably going to happen. This is just my own personal speculation. I mean, whether or not, You know, whether they they report this as a rumor here or not, this is something that's sort of been in the back of my mind anyways. But they say there's a spectacular sequence involving the destruction of a very familiar ship, and it may or may not also be the death scene for a major character. Um, And they say, and now some totally off the charts, crazy things we've heard. The cyborg villain is actually Luke's son, Having lost his mother, to be explained via exposition or flashback, perhaps he is seeing he is seeing dark side or seeking dark side knowledge to resurrect her. When Luke learns that his son has fallen to the dark side, he goes into exile to avoid the inevitable confrontation and battle with his offspring. And then they say uh, the character of Kira, and then in parentheses, is she really the daughter of Leia and Han? Uh, wants to stop this newfound villain and knows that only Luke can teach her house. Uh, hence the search for Luke. So. Um, Yeah, that's their whole rundown of rumors. Now, one thing we should point out here is that, I mean, this is just sort of a list that they've put together and they don't cite any sources or anything like that. I mean, they do say, you know, remember kids, we aren't stating anything as fact here. Huge grains of salt, boulders of salt actually should be taken whenever reading anything about episode seven. Um, So they're not claiming this to be fact or anything, unlike some other rumor leaking site that we've talked about a lot in the past. Um, But... (laughs) You know, also, I mean, at least with making Star Wars, they're always like, oh, well, you know, our sources told us this or we've seen this piece of concept art and we're not going to leak it for you here, but we'll tell you about it. Um, But TheForce.net was the same site where when the the original rumors about the the Jedi hunter villains and stuff like that first started coming out, uh, someone on their site was like, this isn't true. And I know it for sure that it's not true. And I can't tell you how, but it's not true um not even like i have a secret source or i have a hunch or someone told me this or i have an insight on the production or whatever it was just like nope i know for sure and i can't tell you how but i know for sure you just have to trust me on it so um yeah take a big grain of all well with these rumors as well but just more interesting stuff to think about
1: yeah and of course the big one in this batch of, of rumors is the one about luke's possible son being uh, the villain and he's trying to use the dark side to resurrect her. But the thing that got me about it was that the reason for Luke's exile was because he wants to avoid the inevitable confrontation with his offspring. And I don't know, reading that didn't sit well to me. We were talking about this a little bit too before we started recording, where if there's a big threat out there that's going to cause destruction in the galaxy, I don't want to see Luke run off and hide in a way i mean if it's one thing if he's going off to train himself and or just even to meditate on this whole situation but if he's just going out to hide away and not to fight his uh, son because he doesn't want to kill him then if, but even though he's causing this big destruction and trouble in the galaxy like that's, i don't think that's part of luke's character he will do what he can to stop this evil from happening to destroy the galaxy maybe he'll try to find a way to avoid killing or hurting his son in some way but I just didn't like it where it said he is in exile to avoid the inevitable confrontation that this didn't sound like Luke Skywalker's character to me and this one this is one I'm not particularly buying if the reason well maybe his son will be the villain but I'm not buying that's why he goes into exile is to avoid uh, fighting him
0: yeah and you know I mean like you said we were talking about this before but I kind of had a different view on it where I could actually see that being sort of plausible um, I mean I'm not totally buying into it yet or anything like that but I don't know that it would necessarily be too far out of character for Luke because you see in the original trilogy. Um, I mean, obviously in empire strikes back, he sort of rushes in to fight Darth Vader, but then once he finds out that Vader's his father, um, he's sort of hesitant at first in, uh, in return of the Jedi. Like when Yoda tells him you have to defeat Vader and then you'll be a Jedi. And um, Luke's like, I can't do that. I can't defeat my own father. or You know, I can't kill my own father. And Obi-Wan's like, well, then the emperor has already won. Um, and, you know, Luke wants to put off this confrontation and he doesn't want to kill his father and, and all this kind of stuff. And then he eventually does, but again, refuses to, to strike him down. And, uh, it ends up actually being Vader who kills the emperor. Cause Luke is like, I just want to save my dad. I don't want to, you know, I'm not here to kill anybody. So, um, and then you imagine, I mean, if uh, if Luke has a son in this movie, like he had that reaction with Vader, and yet he never even knew his father for most of his life, and then for you know these last what three or four years or whatever, um, well, actually I guess it's just supposed to be like one year in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi that he would have actually known that Vader was his father. Whereas if he has a son, I mean, I don't know at what point his son turned to the dark side, and I don't know how big of a of role Luke played in his son's life in the beginning of his life. If he was you know, at home raising him or if he was off training Jedi and left his mother to raise him or whatever. Um, but you know, to, I, I would imagine that Luke was a lot closer with his son than he would have been with his father just because he would have had the opportunity to be with him a lot more at the time. And so if, if his son were to turn to the dark side and Luke knew that he were the only person that could stop him, I could see him wanting to put off that confrontation for as long as possible because I know I would. I mean, I know we like to look up to to Luke and the Jedi and everybody as these big heroes who are just going to do whatever it takes. But from a more human standpoint, I mean, it's like what father really wants to kill his son or even like risk, you know, going to fight his son or anything like that or just sort of coming to terms with the fact that, his son has become evil and that he has to stop him and all this kind of stuff. So I think just from sort of a, a human and sort of father son relationship standpoint, I could really see that uh, playing out there because then it also gives Luca character arc, in the movie as far as sort of overcoming his fear and, and facing the fact that he has to make this confrontation or he trains the new characters, you know, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and whatever. It says like, I failed as a father and I can't fight this guy, but I'll train you guys and you can go take care of him and do whatever needs to be done. I don't know, but it certainly presents some, uh, some interesting possibilities there. And I will say I like this possibility more than Luke himself being the villain.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you there the most part, I know what you're saying, but just the part of him going to exile because of that, that's what doesn't sit well. I mean, he can do whatever he can to avoid confronting his son, but he could still do his part to help in the fight. Like, whether they're fighting, like, the, I don't know, the Empire still, or the new Sith Army or Jedi Hunters, he's still, like in action where he's just not hiding and not helping his friends or whatever during this battle because that's what he did in the original trilogy he was still part of the rebel alliance he was going to go to Endor to help him out there he helped uh, free Han from Jabba he just wasn't hiding he was still doing stuff so that's the thing I just have a problem with him going to exile and not doing anything because of that so I don't know we could be speculating for nothing (laughs) if that's going to be the reason but yeah it's I just didn't like the way it was worded. They were saying exile to avoid the inevitable confrontation and battle with his offspring. <laughs> just didn't sit right with me, but we'll see if this is, if this does play out where his son is the villain, we'll see who ends up being right <laughs> in the movie, or it doesn't, won't even matter in the end. We'll just have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. Or he was really, you know, captured and wasn't, uh, you know, didn't decide to go into exile in the first place. And
1: neither of us will be right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's going to be fun though to find out whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Um, and then on you know one note of uh, official Episode 7 news, we know yeah. uh, through an announcement video on StarWars.com that Warwick Davis will be returning to appear in Star Wars Episode 7. Um, we don't know if he's going to be playing Wicket the Ewok or if he's going to be playing somebody else. Um, and personally, I wouldn't expect him to be playing Wicket because unless they're going back to Endor and – you know, having a whole lot going on there. I mean, Wicket's not a character that you would expect to just, like, pop up in the Moss Eisley Cantina or something. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could be playing, you know, another alien character or a human character or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it'll be nice to just have another familiar face, um, you know, associated with, uh, with the original trilogy um, that we're going to see again in Episode 7. Although, which, you know, still kind of makes you wonder, like, they're having Warwick Davis back and still no mention of Lando, but I don't know. Hopefully, I'm hoping we see Lando in episode, in episode eight, um, unless we see him in episode seven and it's just been a really well-kept secret cameo or something like that.
1: Out of all the secrets they're able to keep, it's going to be the Lando cameo. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or, I mean, maybe there's going to be something where... You know, in in the backstory of the 30 years that have happened in between episode six and seven, maybe Lando got killed off by the new villain or something like that. And that's going to be, um, you know, sort of the backstory of, you know, maybe what makes this villain so dangerous or something. I don't know, but it would be nice to see Lando again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I got to say, this Warwick Davis announcement, it was a pretty funny video. <laughs> it was, it yeah. But, yeah, it just reminded me of one of his episodes from his HBO show, Life uh, is Too Short, with Ricky Gervais. That show was funny, man. <laughs> but it's just something like his character would do with that. But yeah, it's great to have Warwick Davis back in it. And I'm I'm hoping we're going to see the return of Walt, the and the little Rodian. <laughs> <for real. laughs> But yeah, who knows who he's going to be playing. But like you said, it's good to have another familiar Star Wars actor be a part of Episode 7.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we've got a report slash rumor from the Daily Mail website in the UK saying that Harrison Ford has completed filming his role for Star Wars Episode 7. Um, but again, I mean, there most of this article is about how he's been – sort of out and about around London and how he's recovered so well from this leg injury and how he's returning to star Wars and yada, yada, yada. And Oh, he was in uh, a wheelchair and a leg brace and they thought they might have to stop filming for several months, but he's already up and walking around and all this kind of stuff. And then just towards the end of it, um, they just have this one line in here that says the star has now wrapped his scenes for star Wars episode seven, the first film to be made by the franchise's new owner, Disney. Disney, um and you know they don't stay to source and say, you know, Harrison Ford said he's done or his agent or his representative said he's done or his trainer said he's done or JJ Abrams said he's done or anything like that. So I don't know if we can really say this is true for sure, um or if they're just guessing because they've seen him out and walking around and not hold up in Pinewood Studios. I don't know, but um either way, we do know that. Um, the end of filming for all of the cast members is coming to a close here pretty quickly because we've got this other report from the Hollywood Reporter, um, where they're sort of covering this big event where, uh, Kathleen Kennedy was in London for the opening of a new studio for ILM that they're opening up, uh, out in the UK. Um, and you know, so they had this big sort of ceremony for the, the opening of the studio And, uh, while she was there, she talked a little, well, I think she just talked about Star Wars, but of course, you know, they talked about Star Wars and the Avengers and some of the other stuff that they're going to work on at the studio, but talking specifically about, um, episode seven, um, Kathleen Kennedy said that they're now just three weeks off from finishing filming. Um, and let's see, this was actually from, let's see, October 16th, which we're recording this on the 20th. So that would have been last Thursday. So. Um, you know, almost two weeks now. I mean, it seems like they should be done by the end of the month um, or, you know, maybe a little bit into November. So um, pretty exciting to know that they're they're going to be done wrapping up filming here pretty soon, and then we'll get to wait for the first clips and trailers and all that kind of stuff. It's like, once we know they're done filming it, it's like, alright, guys, when do we get to see it?
1: Yeah. It's man, it's kind of almost hard to believe, really, that back two years ago, we got the announcement, then we're waiting for them to start filming, and It happened in May, and we're already almost into November now, and they're already almost done, This going by so quick. And like you said, now we just got to play the waiting game to start seeing the results of what they filmed, trailers and images and all that stuff. But one big process is about to end for Episode Seven's production, then it's going to move on to the next big process. But like I said, it's still hard to believe that we're just that one step closer to actually seeing the movie now that uh, the principal photography is just it's all two weeks away now from being done. The exciting, the excitement is just going to keep growing <laughs> as the closer we get to it. Uh, any little news like this, is just like makes you, like I said, hard to believe, but at the same time, it just makes you that much more excited for it because you just know it's getting closer. We're entering the next process of the movie, so <laughs> it's all good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, once this is done, we'll definitely be done with casting rumors and uh, – Probably leaked set photos and all that kind of stuff. Although, who knows? Somebody might have some set photos that they just hid away somewhere that they'll leak sometime during post-production. I don't know. But um, I'm definitely excited to start getting more official releases of stuff and not just leaks from the set and all that sort of thing. But also, yeah, like you said, it's just exciting to know that they're going to be done with this big, huge phase of it and um, that we're just going to be that much closer to finally being able to get to see it. Although I think it was still... You know, probably the, the biggest uh, step forward, I guess, um, in the, the process was just when they started filming. And you're like, man, like we knew they were making a new Star Wars movie. But now that we actually know who the cast is and now we know that they're actually filming it, like that's really cool. Um, but yeah, now that uh, once they finish filming it, it's just going to be like, okay, well, they're done. And now we just wait for them to finish the editing and the effects and all that kind of stuff, which takes a really long time. But once they're done with it, we get to go watch this awesome movie
1: exactly and plus they'll give us a little like teases and hints to keep us excited for it They won't leave us totally in the dark so we got oh yeah obviously i mean yeah
0: it won't be like there'll be nothing from now until exactly. december 18th of next year
1: we just won't be like sitting in our rooms on a chair or just waiting for december 18th without nothing <laughs> yeah exactly i mean
0: i still wish i could freeze myself in
1: carbonite until then but yeah <laughs> oh well <laughs> But you would have missed out on like stuff like the concept art images we got. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, actually, you know what? I, I don't want to freeze myself in carbonite just until December 18th, but maybe until Celebration Anaheim next year because, like I said, I'm okay. sure we'll get to see something then, um, whether it be the first trailer or – You know, a preview clip or the first images or I mean, maybe that'll be where they reveal for the first time, like the actual names of the characters and we'll get the first character images and stuff like that.
1: Um, I hope it's not that long. I'm expecting that sooner than celebration. (laughs) I hope I'm not getting my hopes up for nothing. But, you know,
0: I kind of hope it's not that long, but at the same time, like, how cool would it be? if the first time they revealed all that stuff would be like, you know, we're there at Celebration and they do this this big, huge panel where kind of like with what Marvel does at San Diego Comic-Con with the Avengers where, uh, especially like when they had the panel for the first Avengers movie before that came out and they brought out each one of the cast members, like introducing yeah. them as their character and they were all out there. Um, you know, if they had a, a huge panel like that at Celebration and they were like, all right, you know, Daisy Ridley as... Kira or whatever her character's name is going to be as and John Boyega and Andy Serkis and Adam Driver and, you know, just bringing all these new actors out one by one and, you know, just sort of telling us all at once, like, who all these characters are going to be. That would be pretty cool. But, I mean, if they want to release it before then, I would not complain.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I just think our celebration is going to be the – first premiere of new or f- the first footage of episode seven, because I think it's still possible we may get a teaser trailer, but not show any footage, but celebrations where we're going to see like actual scenes or a trailer from uh, episode seven. So I'm still hoping all that other stuff, like character names and maybe a little character bios gets revealed before that. Or else it's, it's going to be another long wait to that, <laughs> like not getting new episode seven stuff once filming is done. Cause I think that's the next step. Filming is done then maybe slowly reveal the character information to us. So still hoping that that's the case.
0: Well, we'll see. But then again, I mean, there also might be some surprises or secret characters or something. And we know how secretive J.J. Abrams has been with his stuff in the past. So, um, I mean, it would be nice if they release that stuff soon. But at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if, if we wait till later. Or if they don't even release any sort of official description of every character in the movie. If it's just like, hey, here's a trailer, here's a poster and sort of take from it what you want or, you know, make of it what you will. Um, But either way. Yeah. If you guys can't tell, obviously we are super excited for this movie and it's just like, <laughs> uh, can't wait to see the, the first just tiny glimpses of it. But yeah, like you said, I definitely think we're going to get the first um, the, the first footage of the movie at celebration. And I just cannot wait for that moment.
1: It's going to be a day to be long. Remember that for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would be even more excited to see, at least at this moment right now, I would be more excited to see the first footage from Episode 7 at Celebration than I would be to play the first playable demo of Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, and that yeah. is saying something.
1: Yeah, for me, yeah. To me, it's no contest. Like, if you could only see one at Celebration, it's going to be Episode 7 footage. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, like, if it was just a matter of seeing footage, then, yeah, absolutely, you know, Episode 7 wins. But it's like, if I get to play a Battlefront demo, that would be pretty awesome, too. But still, <laughs> being there for, like, the world premiere of the first footage from Star Wars Episode 7, like, you just can't beat that.
1: Oh heck no, man. <laughs> that's gonna be the highlight of the convention, that's for sure. But this question is what date it will be on? Middle, end of the convention? I don't know. <laughs> oh it's probably, probably Saturday, yeah, I would think. Yeah,
0: most likely.
1: In fact, I, I
0: bet Friday would probably be like the big stuff for rebels. Yeah. Um, and then Saturday would be the, the big thing for episode seven. Although, I mean, it could be on the Friday too. But, I mean, for conventions that go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, and Saturday are always the two big days. So, um, yeah, one of those two.
1: And just but, hopefully it won't be too hard to get into that <laughs> panel. Oh,
0: I don't even care, man. Like, I will camp out from Thursday night if I have to.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll just get an extra ticket for someone to be the person who waits online for <laughs> Yeah.
0: Or, someone you know, can- we'll we'll trade off uh, shifts. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, all right, well this person's at this panel, this person's in line.
1: Exactly. Although if we
0: get press passes, you never know. We might get like guaranteed seats for that. Um I just I think
1: know. the episode seven one's gonna be so big and so anticipated, it's like I don't know if that'll even work <laughs> unless you're like part of the big media. Yeah,
0: I don't know. We'll see. But I know like for the uh for the season five Clone Wars premiere at uh, Celebration Six, we got like front row press passes, so um, that would be nice if we got that for this thing, but I mean, if not, and I, you know, I probably wouldn't expect that to be the case. Cause like you said, it's just going to be this huge thing where everybody's going to be packing in there for that. Um, and you know, it's not necessarily, it, it wouldn't be a, a screening of just that trailer. It would be probably a big panel with like JJ J. Abrams and some yeah. of the actors talking about the movie. And then at the end of it, they just show. The, the first trailer and we didn't get press passes to let or, you know, front row press access to all the panels last time. It was just that one screening. So um yeah, if we have to get there early and, and wait in long lines and stuff, I don't care because I'm sure that is going to be worth it. And I cannot wait until like, I can't wait to see all of it, but then I can't wait till... The moment it ends, and we all just go
1: nuts. Yeah, <laughs> like I think I said this before. We're gonna have to like wake each other up if, <laughs> from fainting <laughs> if everyone <is laughs> fainting, like the panelists or the crew is gonna have to go. Uh, hello, everyone's still here. <laughs> you guys still alive? <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're we're fine. We're all fine now. Thank you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's almost here. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well. That was our tangent for this episode, celebration. (laughs) What? That was our tangent for this episode, celebration topic. (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. No, that is definitely going to be something to look forward to. But, uh, all right, that's all the Episode 7 stuff for this week. Um, And then we've got one more rumor regarding the spinoff movies – um, and of course, we've sort of talked about this before—that there's been talk of an Obi-Wan Kenobi spin-off film that would be obviously set between uh, Episodes Three and Four, in his years in exile on Tatooine, with possibly Ewan McGregor returning to play the role again. And now we're hearing a lot of rumors from different sites that, rather than just one standalone Obi-Wan spin-off movie, that they might actually be planning a trilogy of Obi-Wan spin-off movies. Which seems odd to me. Um, And Tim, I don't know how you feel about this, but to me, I mean, I love the idea of an Obi-Wan spinoff film, but um, I mean, for me, just you think of star Wars trilogies and you think, you know, episodes one through three and episodes four through six, and they're these big stories spanning, you know, multiple time periods and multiple characters. And, you know, they're just like these, these big Epic stories that aren't just focused on one character. And, and like I said, I love the idea of an Obi-Wan spinoff movie and I would love to see Ewan McGregor play Obi-Wan again, but to have a whole trilogy of Star Wars movies that focuses on one character just feels a little bit odd to me um, and just sort of feels like it wouldn't have the weight required of, um, you know, of sort of living up to, to being a Star Wars trilogy. Um, Cause then, you know, what are you going to have like the, the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, the sequel trilogy and the Obi Wan spinoff trilogy, really, like that, just seems a little odd to me. But I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it's hard for me to complain really about more Obi Wan Kenobi movies, <laughs> except being uh, one of my favorite Star Wars characters, if not my favorite Star Wars character. So, but I agree with you that it does sound odd and kind of a weird choice for them to do a trilogy, um, a trilogy of spinoff movies centered on Obi Wan. But because um, what's weird about it is that the reports it's saying that it's not going to be a continuing story for all three movies like all three movies are going to be self-contained and separate just like another adventure for Obi-Wan to go on and the only thing that I'm a little concerned about is that I think part of the rumor is that he'd go off Tatooine because all three of them would also be take place between episodes three and four and maybe one of them or two of them would have him go off Tatooine on some adventure and that's something that's kind of a touchy subject with me because I always feel that he's, Luke is his main priority and pretty much that's Guess all his attention is all on Luke nothing else is going to come between it. and if it does he'll still remain on Tatooine kind of like what happened in the Kenobi novel so i don't really want to see him go off-world set in this time period but if these movies are going to be like uh, the reports saying they're not going to be uh, connected with each other then they can do one set in the clone wars time period or set earlier in his career i wouldn't mind seeing that either but so yeah it is odd and they could It could go like backfire in a certain way if they do that, at least to me, where if he goes off Tatooine on some other adventure while Luke's still left there. Because I just think he should remain there for the whole time. He gets the reputation as the old hermit, and I think he just has to stick with that. And no matter what happens, he stays on Tatooine to keep an eye on Luke. So it is interesting. We'll see if it pans out. Like I said, I won't complain. (laughs) If we get three Obi-Wan movies, I'll be the first in line and just as excited to see it as I would be any other Star Wars movie. So... I don't know. I think probably – I think it's safe to say – well, I shouldn't say safe to say, but I think we are going to see an Obi-Wan standalone movie, at least one. But the trilogy is still up in the air, so we'll just have to wait and see how it pans out, I guess.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean as far as the issue of him leaving Tatooine – and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before on the show too, but um, I mean – I I certainly see where you're coming from, where, you know, he's supposed to be like this old hermit who lives on Tatooine and his main mission is to protect Luke and protect the future of the Jedi Order. But still, it's 19 years on a desert planet where there's like nothing to do. Um, And so I could certainly see something where, you know, if, if something... Came up Like, I don't see him just getting bored and, like, leaving the planet and being like, oh, Luke's fine, I'll just go do some other stuff, but if something came up off-world that really required his attention, I could see him, like, you know, checking on Luke, making sure he's safe, and being like, okay, you know, I'm gonna just, like, trust in the Force that you're not gonna die for the next, you know, month or so while I'm gone, and I'm just gonna go take care of this thing real quick and then come back, um... And, you know, so it's just like, I mean, during that whole span of 19 years, I could see him leaving the planet maybe once or twice for something important. Um, But, you know, certainly I wouldn't expect him to be like going back and forth to Coruscant all the time and, you know, being, uh, you know, a, a galaxy traveler and all that kind of stuff. But... Um, I mean, I I do sort of like the idea of, like, if they had one movie that was just set on Tatooine and then one maybe where he leaves and and goes to do other stuff. Also, in a couple of these reports, I've heard that um, they might try to either have, like, we would either see flashbacks to him fighting in the Clone Wars, which is really cool because then, you know, we could maybe get to see live action versions of, you know, maybe a few scenes from Clone Wars episodes um, but also that we might get um, that we might see uh, Clone Wars characters brought into these spin-off movies in you know live action form. So we could see Cad Bane or Hondo or Darth Maul or Ahsoka or Captain Rex or somebody like that returning in live action. And how freaking cool would that be? Um, especially if it was Darth Maul hunting Obi-Wan we got like a live action version of that Infinities comic where he hunts down Darth Maul on, or Darth Maul comes to hunt him down on Tatooine and he basically yeah. has to protect Luke and his family from this, you know, revengeful cyborg Darth Maul, um, because we never get a resolution to Darth Maul's story arc in the Clone Wars, so he could still be out there and that would be really awesome to see. So, um... Yeah, I mean, if that were the case, I would uh, certainly not mind seeing that. Um, And then, like I said, if they were to bring in some of those other characters, you know, Ahsoka, Ventress, Rex, Bane, uh, Hondo, any of those other guys. I mean, I'm not sure how they would get to Tatooine or if Obi-Wan would go off planet to see them or if they would all just appear in flashbacks. But, um, you know, either way, I mean, all that stuff sounds really cool. And again, it's all just rumor and speculation at this point. Um, we don't really know for sure if any of that's true. The other thing I've heard too is that um, that Qui Gon Jinn could factor into it somehow, and that we might yeah. get to see him in uh, in Force Ghost form. Um, although I guess now in Clone Wars, since that's canon, you know, Qui Gon has said that he can't appear physically as a Force Ghost, which is kind of a shame because they could have you know they could have had that happen in the movie and made it totally work. But even if we just see scenes where Obi-Wan hears Qui-Gon's voice just like Yoda did in those Lost Missions episodes. I mean, that would be awesome, too. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, at this point, it's just sort of speculation and and thinking what-if possibilities. But also, like you said, um, I definitely think it's uh, pretty safe to say we would, we'll, we'll probably get at least one Obi-Wan spinoff movie at some point in the future. Um, it just it sort of depends on when and uh, you know if they come up with the right story for it and if ewan mcgregor is back on board with playing the part but at the same time i'm still sort of iffy on a whole trilogy of them but either way um sort of like you said more obi-wan is really a bad thing
1: exactly yes and i think ewan mcgregor has gone on record saying he'd love to return so all they have to do is ask him and he pretty much would come back So just well, make it happen now <laughs> even if it's yeah but ones. then you know, you know there's know.
0: always contracts and money negotiations and he could be busy with a different project and all that kind of stuff so you know that sort of stuff doesn't always work out but i certainly yeah. hope they can make it work out in this case
1: yeah i was planning it's like if that obi-wan movies plan like a few years out let's get the ball rolling now so we don't have to worry about uh, conflicting schedules and all those kind of issues <laughs> yeah. just let's get him all let's get him locked in <laughs> even if it's not like officially announced but like a verbal agreement or something like that because <laughs> they decided an obi-wan to do an obi-wan movie without ewan mcgregor uh it's not gonna work
0: <laughs> oh yeah definitely um unless they decided to go sort of closer to a new hope and they were going to get an older actor to play him but i mean i, I think at this point because ewan mcgregor is already a few years older than he was um well actually at this point he's almost 10 years older than he was when uh Revenge to the Sith came out. I mean, you could pretty much have him play Obi-Wan at any yeah. time, period, time period during that or you know, during that time in between episode 3 and 4. Um, you know, put a little makeup and gray hair on him. He could be, you know, 5 years away from a new hope or he could be right after Revenge of the Sith either way.
1: Yeah, he'd be good to go. Maybe, I don't know, I wonder if they could well, because I was thinking, oh, maybe James Arnold Taylor could pull it off. But he, 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 there was that, I think it was, Hughes the Force, that fan film, where he was actually dressed up in full Obi-Wan costume doing the voice. And it, it actually wasn't too bad, but I know that it's never going to happen. But if anyone else would be able to do it besides Ian McGregor, James Arnold Taylor, I think, would be able to to pull it off but live action even. There's probably a height difference though but yeah. so I don't know to pull it off but for the acting jobs man, James Earl Taylor could do it.
0: But. Yeah, although I don't know if he has the, you know, the physical fighting skills either if they were going to make him, you know, fight Darth Maul or something like that. Um I mean, I just remember watching the, the behind the scenes stuff on Revenge of the Sith and seeing, you know, just how much sword fighting training that uh, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor had to go through to prepare for that fight and it's like, Man, I know these guys are just actors and doing it for pretend, but, like, they could probably kick your butt for real with a weapon if they wanted to.
1: Yeah, I remember Lucas being really impressed when he was filming that. Like, wow, they're actually moving so fast. Like, you think it's sped up speed, but it's actually all of them in their natural motion. Like, yeah, they just did a phenomenal job on that. And, you know, there's so much more footage of that fight sequence that Lucas had to trim down (laughs) because it was already a long fight. But I just kind of imagined some of the other cool stuff they did for that fight sequence.
0: Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. I mean, you know, there's stuff like in the deleted scenes and in the book and stuff that wasn't even in the movie. But once you find out about it, it's like, oh, yeah, now that kind of seems to be missing from the
1: movie. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like there's a part where I think somehow like Obi-Wan ends up with Anakin's lightsaber and Anakin ends up with Obi-Wan's lightsaber and then they take him back and you know end up switching or something like that and it's like that whole sequence isn't in the movie but once you once you find out about it you realize like there is at one point I think it's that part where they're like on the table in that room on Mustafar and um, Anakin doesn't have a lightsaber and he just like grabs Obi-Wan by the throat and if you look you can see Obi-Wan has Anakin's lightsaber in his hand and it's like oh wait how do you get that
1: yeah I always notice that over the trailer like oh Anakin has this choking Obi-Wan and he has this lightsaber like what happened but it just cuts that we never see it like, like there's probably tons of cool footage of that stuff yeah, and
0: I forget if that's a, a deleted scene or if it's just in the book where it describes that. But
1: I think it's just in the book. Well they either had to way, film yeah. It
0: there's, because... there's a lot to that, though, yeah.
1: Yeah, they had to film it because you see Anakin with that lightsaber. They just wanted to have it there and not film film it. And oh, yeah, it definitely. appear there as so, well. Man, I really wish there was an extended cut like the Lord of the Rings stuff for those Star Wars movies, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you never know. Yeah, I could
0: dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. And then we've got um, just one other little thing here that uh, we might have mentioned this before, that the Star Wars Fan Film Awards are returning um, at Celebration next year. And that's something that they used to do, I think, at San Diego Comic-Con every year. Um, and then they, uh, they stopped doing that a few years ago, but they're bringing it back now at celebration and the, uh, the submissions are now open. Like you can, uh, they're they're taking submissions for that now. Um, and I wanted to submit my film originally, but then, uh, once the submissions were open, I read the the terms and conditions and realized that the films have to be like five minutes or less and mine is 22. So I'm like, well, that isn't exactly going to work um yeah,
1: and yeah it's a point when i saw that because when i posted the story on the side i was like oh maybe a certain film called the dark heart will enter but then <laughs> I didn't. oh it. yeah
0: no i mean as soon as and, i heard that it was coming back i was definitely planning to uh to enter they announced it maybe a month or two ago um but then it was just within the past few days that they opened the submissions and i went and looked at it i was like oh man i can't
1: do that i know I been cool if you were able to submit it and who knows maybe you've won it but that's things that have a time limit on it but
0: yeah, I mean, you I might to try to trim down like a little short five minute version of just the lightsaber fight or something like that, but I don't know if I want to cut out all that story content and everything. But I don't
1: you know. Know, we'll see. <laughs> Oh, like I said, you just have to make a shorter movie next time. <laughs> yeah.
0: But then also, uh, they just released this Empire Uncut, which is like the Empire Strikes Back remade shot for shot, but all the different shots are made by, you know, fans doing creative little things. I mean, some people will just like shoot a scene in their backyard or against a sheet in their bedroom or whatever. And some people do it with Legos or some people do some really good animation or some people actually, um, you know, recreate the costumes and uh, you know, do with like with sets and all that kind of stuff. Or some people put creative little spins on it and they'll do it in different costumes or different locations or whatever. Um, So that's something pretty cool to see. I still haven't watched the whole thing all the way through, but um, it's, uh, you know, certainly a really cool idea. And I'm thinking when they, when they announced the return of the Jedi one, um, cause I remember them announcing like even the first star Wars uncut and then the empire uncut. And they had, um, you know, like a fan submission section on starwars.com where you could go and like reserve a little scene. And I'm not sure exactly how long these all are, but you know, they're like 30 seconds or a minute or something like that, that each person does. Um, and you know, you go and sort of reserve your little section that you want to do so if if and when they uh they announce the one for return of the jedi i think i'm going to go in there and grab a scene um and you know try to com- uh, submit to that next time so that certainly seems like something pretty cool so that's on starwars.com and on their youtube channel now if you want to check that out um and then also um i think this was just at new york comic-con uh which is what last weekend or weekend before that or something Yeah. Last where they announced this new Star Wars Battle Pods arcade game, uh, which was something that I didn't expect to see coming. I mean, in this new sort of new era of Star Wars video games, I guess, where we've got Star Wars Battlefront coming and another new game from Visceral Games. And for any of you who play Star Wars games on iPhone and, you know, uh, iPhone or Android or, you know, mobile phone games, you've probably noticed that there have been a lot of new Star Wars games on those platforms recently. Um, But I wasn't really thinking about arcades at all. Um, yeah. But they've got this new Star Wars arcade game coming out that actually looks really cool. It's like this, you know, this thing that you sit in, and then it's got this big screen that surrounds you like almost 180 degrees, um, and then you do all these sort of vehicle missions from the original trilogy, like the Death Star trench and the Endor forest, uh, you know, speeder battle and all that kind of stuff. So I haven't really watched a whole lot of the videos and the the footage and stuff that have come out from this yet, just because. I know I'm not really going to get the feeling from watching those of what it's going to be like to be sitting in this pod and see all this stuff going around you. But I did watch the the trailer that they released for it um, just to sort of get a sense of what the the gameplay and all that kind of stuff is going to look like. And now I'm just sort of waiting till these things could become available. I think they're going to start uh, start coming to you know arcades and stuff like that in January of 2015. So. Um, if I can find one of those in my area, I'm definitely going to go check that out and just sort of see this uh, this new immersive arcade game experience that they've created because it looks pretty cool.
1: Yeah, this is a reason to go back to arcades, really. <laughs> I mean, like I can remember the last time I've been to an arcade, probably during the whole like fighting game Street Fighter craze, <laughs> which is like what 20 years ago now. So, <laughs> so this looks really cool, though. I mean, honestly, I've been waiting for something like this for a long time. I was even thinking like when I was younger, like. They should like update Star Tours to be more of an inter- interactive ride where it's like you're in the cockpit of a ship flying around, stuff like that. Because I didn't think arcades would be able to do that back then. But now that it's finally here, I mean, it looks really cool. I've seen some of the videos, it does look really neat. I mean, I'm sure it feels a lot different when you're actually in the pod and you're controlling the vehicles and all that. But the graphics look good and like all the descriptions say how immersive it is with the screen, like you said, being 180 degrees where you can turn your head. It's like you're looking out your cockpit's window or something like that. So it sounds really cool. And I heard that it's actually like an on-rails uh, fighter, fighter, uh, <laughs> an on-rails flight simulation type games where you don't have free range to go anywhere you want, but you have enough control of the ship to make it feel like you're flying and to have that immersive experience. So it looks really cool. I can't wait to try it out. I know it was like, at some Dave & Buster's, or was that a Dave & Buster's at uh, New York for the New York Comic-Con? And it would probably be another Dave & Buster's throughout the country, I would think, once it launches in 2015. So I have one I think that's pretty close by, so I'm going to have to go check that out (laughs) once it does launch, because I definitely want to get some experience with it, because it looks really cool. Can't wait to play it. Yeah,
0: did you ever play that uh, Star Wars Trilogy arcade that came out back in the 90s or
1: whatever? Um, Yeah, that was really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still, like, I don't go to arcades a whole lot, but, um, you know, occasionally if I still go to a place that has an arcade or something like that, that is always my go-to arcade game, and I will sit in there for, uh, you know, half an hour or an hour or however long it takes and how much (laughs) money on my game card I have to use up to beat all the stages, including, you know, the bonus stages where you're you're controlling Luke's lightsaber and fighting Boba Fett and Darth Vader, and then the the final bonus stage at the end where you do the um, the battle of the second Death Star and, uh, you know, flying in there to blow it up and everything. I mean, that's really cool. And that's something where, you know, you're just sitting there in the chair with the joystick in front of you playing on a little s- screen in front of you. And so if this battle pod thing is like that, but with a big screen that surrounds you, I mean, I would be excited if they were just re-releasing the Star Wars Trilogy Arcade with you know, a bigger screen, but if it's, you know, some new gameplay and, uh, you know, new graphics and all that kind of stuff, I mean, that's going to be really exciting. So yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, it's going to be something where I just go check it out and, uh, you know, play it for a little bit and sort of get the experience and best case scenario, which also could be worst case for my wallet. I guess this could be something that I just get addicted to and start spending a lot more time in arcades. But, uh, yeah, either way, definitely looks like something fun and exciting that we're going to have to check out.
1: I wonder too if they'll have some on on display at Celebration Anaheim that you could just go and play for a little bit. Or I would think too they would have it at the arcades at Disneyland, which is going to be right there. So there's some opportunities for us to check it out. Hopefully at Celebration.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Much
1: from uh, what's else is going on at the convention. Yeah,
0: I mean, if not at Celebration, um, I don't know if they'll have any at Disneyland immediately. But I guarantee you, when the when they do their big Star Wars renovations. And I don't know when those are going to be open, but probably not till sometime in like 2017, maybe 2018, something like that. But, um, you know, I, I guarantee you, like if they open a Moss Eisley Cantina restaurant, like it'll have some of these battle pods in there. Or there'll be a, a Star Wars arcade with this and the Pod Racer game and the Trilogy arcade or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, once they open a, a whole Star Wars section in Disney World and Disneyland, I would be really surprised if you don't find this battle pod thing in there anywhere
1: same here yeah it's just a no-brainer not to i just hope too they'll do more they'll put some prequel stuff in there because this one's just all original trilogy based level like kind of a pod racing sequence or like the battle over coruscant or the asteroid chase from episode two or the coruscant chase from episode two so tons of cool stuff they could do with the prequels also so hopefully this is a success they can build another one the yeah, prequel pod. yeah
0: star wars battle pod episode
1: two there you go <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then um, just one other thing on video game news, and this is yet another uh, tragic uh, cancellation of a Star Wars game, but this was, uh, turns out, was way before the Disney purchase of LucasArts, but um, the company that makes uh, Rogue Squadron, the Factor 5 uh, studio that made the Rogue Squadron games, um, they were, I guess, they, they just sort of recently revealed that they were working on a, at least a couple different Rogue Squadron projects that got canceled in different stages of development. Um, they were going to try to make a Star Wars game for, I think there was going to be a launch title for the Xbox 360 and PS3, and that didn't happen. And then they were going to try to make like a, a Rogue Squadron 1 through 3 uh, sort of compilation game. Um, with some additional new stuff that was going to be released on the Wii that was just sort of like a retooled and uh, visually upgraded version of the first three Rogue Squadron games, but then also included like a mini game uh, for the Wii motion controls where you could do lightsaber duels with people. Um, And that ended up not happening either. So, um, you know, just uh, uh, unfortunately, a couple more canceled Star Wars games in the can and they're They've just sort of recently, you know, talked about these, but also revealed a couple of new gameplay trailers. Um, And one is a gameplay trailer called Star Wars Rogue Leaders um, was going to be the name of it. And uh, that was for the Wii. um, They've got one trailer that's like just for sort of the whole game and showing the the gameplay of the, you know, all the X-Wing dogfighting and stuff that you do in a Rogue Squadron game. And then they've got another one that's uh, just the Saber Dueling trailer showing off this new Saber Battling mode. Um so unfortunate that we're never gonna see this stuff, but hopefully in you know at some point in the not too distant future with uh, all these new EA contracts for Star Wars games, we'll get to see um a new space dogfighting game and maybe a new lightsaber battling game as well.
1: Yeah, I gotta be honest with you, Kyle. This is one that I'm not too sad about that we never got to see <laughs> because uh first of all it's just an upgraded from the GameCube to the Wii. And since the Wii wasn't an HD system, it would have looked a little better than the GameCube, but not by much to get me super excited for it. And the fact that I was going to be on the Wii with the motion controls, I just have a feeling that it would have been awful to play. (laughs) The controls would have been bad. And the lightsaber sequences, I I just don't have confidence in Factor 5 with motion controls because I don't know if you remember the game Lair. That was a PS3. It wasn't a launch title, but it came out not too long after the PS3 came out. It was a motion-control-based game, and it was awful, <laughs> like really bad. So, I don't know. I just have a feeling that I don't want to say dodge a bullet because the Rogue Squadron games were pretty solid anyway, but with the Wii controller, I just don't think it was going to be as any better than the GameCube one. Not much visually, and from a gameplay standpoint, I actually think it would have been worse, so... This one, I'm not too uh, sad about that. I never saw the light of day. I'll just continue to play my old GameCube Rogue Squadron games.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I'm not too sad about it. I mean, obviously, if I had a choice between this and 1313, I would take 1313 in a heartbeat. But, um, I mean, I only ever played the first Rogue Squadron game on PC. I never played the 2 and 3 on the GameCube because I never had a GameCube, but we did have a Wii, and so... I know I definitely would have picked this up if it had come out back in 2008 or nine or whenever they were working on it before it got canceled. Um, so yeah, I mean I would have picked it up just for the experience of playing those other two games. And I think the I, I think the motion controls for the lightsaber dueling, at least maybe I'm just being optimistic here, but I think it looks better than uh, at least better than the other Clone Wars lightsaber dueling game that they came out with for the we uh, the Clone Wars one. Um, cause I think this one would have utilized like the Wii motion plus, and it actually would have been sort of following your movements. Whereas the Clone Wars one was just sort of like swipe side to side, or, you know, swing the remote side to side to do a, a fast horizontal attack and swing it up and down to do a hard vertical attack. And so rather than actually swinging the Wii mode around like a lightsaber, you're just kind of like wiggling it frantically and hoping your character does what you want him yeah. to do. Um,
1: like so, most the games. Though. <laughs> that well, yeah,
0: <laughs> point taken. But um, yeah, I mean, so I'm not you know, hugely disappointed about this. And again, this was um, released like, or this was canceled well before uh, the Disney purchase of LucasArts, or you know LucasArts, Lucasfilm, all that stuff. Before that all became part of Disney, this got canceled back in like 08, 09, somewhere around there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's too bad we never got to play it. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm not really going to lose sleep over it. But for anyone out there who, you know, if you're a fan of the Rogue Squadron games and you want to see what this would have looked like, those gameplay trailers are out there on uh, IGN.com and probably several other video game sites as well.
1: Yeah, at least check out to see what you possibly could have missed from those trailers. But like I said, it doesn't look too much different from the GameCube one besides the added lightsaber stuff. So at least for me, no big loss.
0: Yeah, and then uh, also we've got... Um, the, after months and months of, of speculation about when we might finally get this, um, the Clone Wars, the Lost Mission season six is available for pre-order on DVD and Blu-ray in the U S. Um, it's available for pre-order on Amazon and the release date is November 11th of this year. So now we know for sure that will be, uh, coming out for, you know, those of you who, don't have Netflix and still don't want to get Netflix or who have watched these episodes on Netflix anyways and still want to get the you know the DVD or uh, Blu-ray copy to add to your collection they'll be out uh, in time for the holidays and also um, I don't see this on the Amazon page but I think Tim you were telling me that um, you know, aren't these supposed to come with like some extra bonus features maybe like more of those uh, animatic episodes
1: Yeah, it's supposed to have some special features on there, like a new documentary about the whole Clone Wars series, and it does mention those uh, animatic stuff that we saw from Star Wars.com, but I don't believe it's going to be anything new. I think it's just going to be the Utapal arc just put on the Blu-ray disc, which is cool because it's going to be nice to have those in there, but it also would have been cool (laughs) if we got some new ones on there, but still good to have those on the Blu-ray disc too. It could just add more to like, it just feels like it's added more episodes to the overall collection of season six and it makes it feel more like a complete season to me, even though the animation isn't finished. You still get the good story told there thanks to the phenomenal voice acting by all the actors in in that arc. Yeah,
0: but still I'm pretty sure that the Utapau arc was supposed to be from season 7 and it would have been nice if we could get that season 6 Bounty Hunters arc
1: know. on
0: this <laughs> Blu-ray because it's like hey, it's still part of season 6, but I don't know, I'm still hope- holding out hope that we get that uh, you know, that story arc released somehow some way sometime in the not too distant future, but I guess we'll just have to still wait and see
1: yeah it's like that unattainable unattainable object. we just can't quite yet get the <laughs> bounty on our, <hunter. laughs> We know it's there, but we just can't find it,
0: yeah, and so uh you know lastly, we'll wrap up with the Star Wars rebel stuff here um at san Diego, or at new york comic con uh just recently earlier this month, it was announced that there's gonna be a new uh, Star Wars comic series called Kanan, the Last Padawan. Um, it's going to act as a prequel to Star Wars Rebels, and it'll start with Kanan as a Jedi Padawan, or actually his name is Caleb in uh, at the beginning of uh, A New Dawn when he's uh, still a Padawan. So that'll be pretty interesting to see, like um, you know him as a Jedi Padawan, and then Order sixty six goes down, and the Jedi get wiped out, and we'll get to see how he survives that, and then how he you know takes on the name of Kanan and sort of goes on the run and becomes this uh, sort of you know smuggler, rogue hero type guy. Um, who is still, you know, I mean, you can tell he's still sort of influenced by the Jedi morals where like, he, he tries to be good to people and help people. But at the same time, he's definitely not like, um, you know, sort of the, the model upstanding citizen. He, you know, sort of gets into trouble and stuff, but he'll, he'll help people, um, when they really need it. But, um, yeah, so that should be a, a pretty interesting comic series. I'm probably going to check that out when it hits. And also, um, something interesting to note is that this is being written by Greg Wiseman. Um, so we know he's not going to be returning as a executive producer for season two of Star Wars Rebels, but he will be, uh, still involved in some capacity, at least as far as this comic is concerned, um, for, you know, as long as that's, uh, running, I guess. And that's going to be released in April, 2015, um, and you know, we'll see, I guess how long that story arc ends up running, but, uh, yeah, that's definitely one to check out if you're a fan of star Wars rebels.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for it. Just the fact that it's going to be centered on Caitlin's wife, Kay- how <laughs> I mixed Kay- Caleb and Kanan together. I was going to say Caitlin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kanan's early, uh, like as a Jedi, as a Padawan, and see what happened during Order 66. We only got a hint of that in the New Dawn, so to kind of see it play out in the comic is going to be pretty cool. And like you said, the fact that Greg Meleisman's writing it, it's just good that even though he's not going to be the producer anymore, at least he's still telling more stories with some of the characters he's helped develop. So I don't know. I have a feeling that he's just going to be on this first arc. Maybe that's all he's going to do, and then maybe someone else will take over. Um, for this book on a monthly basis because it is an ongoing title. It's not a miniseries or anything. So it is going to be a monthly book. So uh, I just have a feeling it's probably going to be on the first arc of it. Probably maybe a story idea he had developed with Dave and uh, Simon Kinberg as they were doing Rebels and maybe they couldn't fit it into an episode or something. So they just wanted to tell it in comic form. So it should be cool. I mean, somewhere like, yeah, maybe we kind of wish they would have had it shown in Rebels, maybe as a flashback or something. But then again, we've heard Pablo Hidalgo said flashbacks will not be told in Rebels. So if you want to see this play out, is, I guess the next best way would be in a comic book form. So yeah, this would be one I'll definitely pick up.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And also, I mean, even if they could show it in a flashback in Rebels, um, you're certainly going to get a lot more content out of an ongoing comic book than, you know, a quick little two minute flashback scene in yeah. an episode. Cause I mean, they can show you some stuff in that and it's sort of enough for you to get the gist of um, sort of what happened in Kanan's backstory. But Unless they had a flashback like every episode, you're not going to get the entire story um, that you're going to get through this comic series. So, um, yeah, you yeah know, that become like
1: be... Arrow. <laughs> with the Kanan Flashback. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. My name is Kanan Jarrus. For five years, I was a Jedi Padawan and then Order 66 happened. <laughs> and now I must become something else. I must become
1: someone else. You to say you have failed this galaxy. <laughs> uh, there's a crossover that could happen. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting.
0: But um yeah, so I mean aside from that, you know, the, the season of Star Wars Rebels is in full swing right now. Um we've had the first two episodes. Yeah, the first two episodes have aired on TV so far. Well, first three, I guess, if you count the premiere um Spark of Rebellion, and then we had Um, droids in distress and then fighter flight which just aired on tv tonight but we saw it a week ago when it you know came out early on the star on the watch disney xd app and everything um and so tonight right after we record this i know tim and i are both going to be excited to go watch rise of the old masters uh, which is available online now but um you know tim i know we're not gonna get into specifics on every episode of rebels on this show but uh you know just any more sort of um, just general impressions through these first couple episodes so far.
1: Yeah, I'm still enjoying it. They're doing a great job. I mean, they're, they're simple stories, but yet yeah, they're just fun stories to watch play out. Droids in Distress was really cool. Having C3PO and R2 in there was neat. And I just love the Star Tours uh, reference with. Uh, the original Captain Rex <laughs> making an appearance there, being voiced by Paul Rubens too, just like he did for Star Toys was awesome. I loved that cameo. That had an awesome action sequence too at the end. The fight between Zeb and uh, Kalos was really cool, and just seeing the at uh, DPs walk down there with the music that's like reminiscent of the Imperial March was cool. And then. Oh yeah. How it ended, too, with Bail Organa talking with Kanan and R2 and 3PO just man, just screamed a new hope. And just was like a geek out moment right there. So that episode was really good. And then also Fighter Flight was another fun episode. This more great interaction with Zeb and Ezra. I just love the whole bit where they're in the TIE Fighter. <laughs> that was had a Han Solo moment, too, where like they were talking to Kanan there, trying to make sure like everything's all right. So. That stuff was great, but I will say this is going to be a nagging problem for me, <laughs> which you'll probably get sick of me saying is that the Star Troopers are just so pathetic in this series. <laughs> I like, think like, like they're almost worse than they were in the original trilogy. Yeah, you know, I get used to it. It's <laughs> uh, like Zeb's right there, they can't shoot him. It's like, oh, come on. I just well, yeah, they're to- not going to shoot Zeb. I know, but it's Don't make it where Zeb's that close, then. Make him that far. Just be real agile where he's dodging the bullets. But the stormtroopers are just missing. It just looks pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to be
0: focused on the characters, not the stormtroopers.
1: You're not supposed to root for the bad guys. But they just look so cool. We wanted to see him succeed sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but see, that I mean, that's what I like about Agent Callis is he actually is able to hold his own and, you know, almost beat Zeb in that fight in uh, Droids in Distress, which, yeah, was a really cool episode. And like you were saying, I love when those walkers come in. And at first you you'd hear, like, the, you know, some notes of the Imperial March just, like, as all the troops are landing and stuff. But then as those walkers are going in, um, they play, like, music that's almost the same as uh, the music of when the Imperial walkers are heading for Echo Base on Hoth. Yeah. Um, you know, from the Empire Strikes Back, and that was just a really nice callback too. So, I mean, I'm loving the the classic trilogy music so far, and I'm loving the the look and the tone and the feel of the show and everything. And like you said, they're simple stories, but still very enjoyable. And I think maybe because I'm I've gone into Rebels with a little bit lower expectations, um, I've sort of just enjoyed maybe gotten you know more enjoyment out of it than I expected because whereas with clone Wars it's like oh man I want to see them do this this and this with Darth maul and I want to see Anakin do this and I want to see a space battle here and you know I just had all these ex- expectations for clone Wars and I still enjoyed it but um you know it maybe didn't Uh, I mean just when you when you've got that many expectations for stuff like it can't meet every expectation and please everybody but with rebels I just sort of resigned myself to being like okay this is sort of more for kids and it's not going to be as intense and as complex as Clone Wars was so I'm just going to kind of try to enjoy it and I think I've ended up enjoying it even more than I thought I would and so these stories are kind of simple but they're also a little bit deeper than I expect them to be. Um, you know, like with droids in distress, it was like, oh yeah, that's the episode with R2 and 3PO that we've seen, you know, clips of from the trailer. But, um, then I didn't expect there to be this whole plot line with Zeb and his people and, uh, you know, then that fight with Callus at the end and everything. And that was all awesome. And then in fighter flight, um, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be like the fun comic relief episode where Zeb and Ezra steal a tie fighter. But then there's the whole subplot of, um, you know, Ezra and like his kindly old neighbor that gets you know, harassed by the Empire and they kidnap him and his wife from his farm and everything. And so then Ezra and Zeb are, uh, you know, in their commandeered TIE fighter trying to go and save people and do some good. So I thought that was really good too. And then I loved, um, you know, Zeb's line when he's piloting the TIE fighter and he's uh, trying to convince the Imperials that he's an Imperial commander and give them orders and stuff. And then the Imperial guy is like, wait, a TIE fighter? We heard, uh, you know, reports of a stolen TIE fighter. Like, what's your operating number? And Zeb's like, this isn't the TIE you're looking for. It's a (laughs) different TIE. (laughs) So I feel like that was easily my favorite line in that episode. But yeah, I mean, so far I'm enjoying the humor. I'm enjoying the characters. I'm enjoying the action and everything. So yeah, I'm really impressed with the show so far.
1: Yeah, I think it's only going to get better with Rise of the Old Master. I just heard nothing but great things about that episode, so (laughs) I just can't wait to see that one. Yeah,
0: well, I think it's going to get better with that episode, and it's also going to get better with the re-airing of Spark of Rebellion on October 26th on ABC. And it's confirmed that they are adding in an additional scene in that episode for the ABC rebroadcast with an appearance by Darth Vader, voiced by James Earl Jones. So, like, how freaking cool is that? I mean, when they first started rumoring that, uh, you know, that Vader might appear in the show. And, of course, we've known, I mean, maybe not for sure, but from the moment this show got announced, it was like, Vader's got to be in here somewhere. It's in the original trilogy timeline. Like, it's the Rebels. They're fighting the Empire. They're going to run into Vader at some point. I did not expect them to insert a scene with Vader into the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, somewhere down the line we'll we'll see Darth Vader for sure. And I was just thinking, like, man, you know, if, if they could get the guy who played Vader in the Force Unleashed to do the voice. Like, that guy was really good. So if they could get him to come back and play him for Rebels, um, you know, that would be pretty cool. And, you know, I don't know that it ever even crossed my mind that they would get James Earl Jones to reprise the role for, you know, this animated series, but it just, I mean, I'm going to sound like I'm, you know, worshipping at Dave Filoni's feet here, but it just, it shows how committed, you know, Dave Filoni and Simon Kinberg and Greg Wiseman and the whole team at Lucasfilm Animation are to making this authentic and making it feel like star Wars and, and just doing the best job that they can to really deliver a quality show here that they went to the original voice of Darth Vader, James Earl Jones, and actually got him to come back and voice the character. Um, I mean, just like they got Liam Neeson to come back and play Qui-Gon on clone wars. You know, they could have gotten some other voice actor to play Qui-Gon and it would have been pretty good. But the fact that it was actually the voice of Qui-Gon Jin, like, just made it that much cooler. And I think it's going to be the same thing here with Darth Vader. Like it would be Darth, it would be cool to just see Darth Vader on the show, you know, on screen in any aspect, you know, voiced by someone who sounded, you know, sort of like him. And as long as it wasn't uh, you know, a really bad Darth Vader imitation that distracted you and pulled you out of the story, I would have been happy with it. But the fact that it's the Darth Vader, like that's just really cool.
1: Yeah, man, geez. This was such a cool and unexpected announcement. I mean, this is if we needed another reason to watch the awesome premiere of the movie Spark of Rebellion. I mean, if you weren't interested in watching it before and you were a Star Wars fan, I mean, I think this is going to get even, like, the most casual or Star Wars fan who wasn't interested in Rebels at least to check out that one scene. Because, man, like I said, James Earl Jones is voicing Darth Vader again. Like, how awesome is that? I mean, they could have just had a... a darth vader in there not to say a word i'd still be just as excited to see it but the fact that it's james O. jones voicing them again it's like excitement's up to 11 now <laughs> just oh, i can't wait to see it and what makes it cooler is that uh they just i think today they actually officially because there's been commercials on abc just kind of promoting it but today they just released a trailer online it's only 26 se- seconds but at the end of the trailer you get to see what darth vader looks like and Boy, does he look awesome in Rebels. <laughs>
0: yeah, and to be fair, it's really only 15 seconds because it's one of those things where they post it on the Star Wars YouTube channel. And then at the end, they have like 10 seconds of you know previews for their other videos that run at the end. So the actual trailer <laughs> itself is only like 15 seconds. Um, but yeah, they, they show Darth Vader's look. And you can definitely tell that as with a lot of things in this show, um, it's influenced by Ralph McQuarrie's concept art and it looks – um, a little bit closer to the Macquarie concept of Vader than the actual version of Vader in the movie. But either way, it still looks cool, and you'd still immediately recognize, like, wow, that's Darth Vader, and I can't wait to see him in this show. So that's going to be awesome, and I'm definitely going to be watching that when it re-airs on the 26th.
1: Oh, yeah, I can't wait for it. I mean- I kind of had a feeling it would be Darth Vader at the hologram and not his physical form talking to the Inquisitor, which is what was shown in that trailer. But still, man, it doesn't make it any less cool and exciting than to, to see Darth Vader in, this, in Star Wars Rebels already. And I think they're probably going to save his like full physical appearance in the show, probably. So like, we've speculated since the series' inception, Like, is it a series finale, maybe a season finale for one of the seasons? But... His physical appearance will be later down the line, and I'm sure that will be made even a bigger deal. But for now, this is good enough for me to be excited for it. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, no matter how long or short this uh, extended cut is. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: And I mean, I think as far as when we see him in the the physical form later down the line, I don't think that'll be the series premiere necessarily. I think we'll see, or the series finale. I mean. Um, I don't think that it'll be that long, but I think, I think it'll either be a season finale or a season premiere somewhere down the line. Cause you know, it's gotta be like one of those big deal things and like a big episode for the show. Um, But yeah, I mean, the fact that we get to see him this early on, even just as a hologram, but to see or to hear his voice and to see him interacting with the Inquisitor is going to be awesome. So, and I think that'll, that'll also sort of set it up as a nice little tease for whenever we do see him later down the line. Um, Just sort of like how in the original trilogy with Emperor Palpatine, you only see him as a hologram in Empire Strikes Back, and then you don't see him in physical form until Return of the Jedi, so... Um, This is just sort of setting up, like, obviously we know the Inquisitor is going to be a big main villain on this show, but we're sort of establishing right from the get-go that he works for Darth Vader, and there's this sort of bigger villain above him that we might see somewhere down the line, um, and we're just seeing him as a hologram sort of shadowing over the Inquisitor, and then later down the line we're going to actually see the, the physical form of Darth Vader. So that'll be really cool when we finally get to see it, but also, yeah, just to see this new clip that they're adding into the rebroadcast of the premiere, that's going to be uh,
1: so cool to see oh yeah i just can't wait to find out what dialogue he has with the inquisitor i mean like could this be a few sentences like like the, was it, the inquisitor was in the spark of rebellion premiere so i don't know i just can't wait to see it <laughs> as you could probably tell i mean i've been staring at that it, once the trailer officially came out like had that uh scene on pause for a little bit just kept staring at it's <laughs> how cool it looks i can't wait yeah yeah definitely
0: gonna be awesome but, uh, man, I guess, you know, we'll, once we come back with our next episode, uh, it'll, I'm sure, it'll be after the 26th, so uh, we can talk about how awesome that was. But I think that we've covered just about everything for, uh, for this episode, which has been a lot. You know, we're closing in on two and a half hours here, but, uh, of course, we had lots of concept art and tons of rumors and stuff to talk about. So it's been a fun one. It's been a good one. Lots of, uh, lots of in-depth Star Wars talk and uh, speculation and analysis and everything like that. So thank you to all you guys for tuning in and listening. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars. The saga continues. And you can uh, check out our website at Star Wars TSC.com. Um, you can check all those sources for all the latest news and updates and rumors and everything as we're finding them and posting them. Um, And if you want to send us email with thoughts, comments, questions, uh, anything like that in regards to the show, or you just want to talk Star Wars with us, um, we always love hearing from our listeners. So you can send us email at StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. But yeah, that's going to be it for us for this week. So thanks again for tuning in. We will see you guys next time and may
1: the force be with you. See you next time, everybody.